0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: You ready? Yep, all good. All right, guys. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with the Lord of Beacon, Keith Decent, I got to talk to you about a few things. Number one is I'm proud of you. You figured out what you're going to do. You bought the tools that you need. You've taken the classes. Maybe you even bought some things that'll help you make everything more efficient. And then you turn to the person in your life to say, I can quit my job and start, I can start a business. And then they're going to turn to you and say, well, what are you going to do about a website? And here's the answer. You're going to say to them with peace and love, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go call up Andreas Kalani at AK Interactive, I'm going to go to the website, akinteractive.com backslash full blast. I'm going to fill out the paperwork and Andreas is going to take care of it. Do Do you know why? Because he's going to make sure that you have a beautiful website because you need help and your help won't take vacations. Your help at your website will will be taking stuff during the weekends when you're sleeping. You'll be able to do all your stuff. People will be able to answer your questions, and you're going to be in business on track. So, what I want you to do again: is go to akinteractive.com backslash full blast. Fill out the paperwork and write, "I found this on full blast." You're going to get ten percent off. Okay, and then we're going to be in business. Okay, thank you, Andreas. You're the man akinteractive.com/fullblast The next thing is is listen, you got to coat your stuff with something. And my friends at Axe Wax are back. They're they're renewed up with us. Go to axewax.us and get yourself some food safe, all natural wax for your wood, for your steel, for your axes, for your hammers, for your leather. Whatever, because it's nice to have a great quality wax that you can use for almost everything and know that there's no icky petroleum byproducts in it, okay? So you're going to go to AxWax.us. You're going to put in promo code FULLBLAST10 for 10% off. And if you're in the UK, go hit up Toby. That's... Uh, uk knife supplies and he's honoring full blast 10 for all my european friends because he's a good guy so go get yourself some axe wax fill your stuff fill your fill your cart up with some axe wax get 10 percent off with full blast 10 and onward my guest today is probably only 30 minutes away he's in the pride of beacon new york you can't not love a New Yorker. PS, just to let you everybody know, you just there's not it's hard not to. Keith Decent is a maker. He's an artist. He's a content creator. He got a podcast that's great. He does great YouTube videos. He's my friend, Keith Decent. How are you? Good man. How you doing? I am doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's a little bit hot, but it's, you know, these things happen. I was yeah. thinking about you. I was thinking about you this past weekend because it was an Independence Independence Day. And when when I, when I when I think about Independence Day, a lot of it isn't just about fireworks and eating burgers and stuff. I think about independent spirit. I think about people using their independence to kind of do what they want to do, and it's hard not to think about independent spirit without thinking of Keith Deason.
0: Wow. I hadn't thought of it that way. I'm glad it could be a themed, uh, themed episode for you.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> that was a, uh, I, 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 uh, I was thinking about it because I, I was cl- clearing out some boxes and we found some stuff. And I, at my old, my first high school, I got the Independent Spirit Award. And it was all about because I, you know, knucklehead. I was a wacko. I didn't really follow the same things that other people followed. In yeah, it just
0: sounds like it's the weirdo award, and they just give it to somebody who hasn't gotten anything
1: else. You know what? It might have been the weirdo award. I don't. I don't know if, but it was. It was a sanctioned award. My name yeah. is like on some sort of weird. Yeah, it should be the weirdo. You're right. It's the weirdo award. Were you a weirdo <laughs> growing up in Yonkers, New York?
0: Um, internally, I was a weirdo for a very long time until I became comfortable and uh, good at externalizing it. You know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was a kind of an introverted, quiet kid, and uh, for the most part, and uh, but I was I was always weird in my head, you know.
1: Yonkers, New York, is a, is a interesting. You grew up in Yonkers, New York, and for people who don't know, there's besides Keith Decent, there Dmx is from Bro- the Bronx. Yeah. Um, Mary J from- Blige is from the Bronx, uh, not the Bronx, from Yonkers. Yonkers. Yeah, yeah. Yonkers. They're both from Yonkers, and Yonkers is a very uh, it's, it's a, a, a divided place. part of Westchester.
0: Yeah. Westchester is a really rich county, and uh, like really, really rich county in New York. Uh, and Yonkers is like a working class part of it, but also a very rich part of it. It's a city that's really, really divided.
1: Uh, uh beyond.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, and like to the point where in textbooks they literally have um, chapters devoted to the city of Yonkers, and like civics textbooks about what not to do with a, with a like a racially and politically divided
1: city. It's. They've recently tried to fix it up. I know that Getty Square is a is a real tough area with lots of drugs and stuff, but they've been trying to like jazz it up. With, oh yeah. uh, they, by the riverfront. And...
0: They daylighted the Sawmill Creek that flows into the river. They're tr- all all the money's going into the riverfronts, all up and down the Hudson River, everywhere now. So it's all it's all developers, and it comes with its own uh its own whole you know bag of crazy worms.
1: Well, so when you were growing up, where did you what did you do in Yonkers?
0: Uh, I was in a nice pocket like in Northwest Yonkers which is kind of like on the river and um, it's, it's weird because it was a nice pocket but then you get older and you realize why it was a nice pocket and it's because like you know all the landlords are racists <laughs>
2: and right. they're
0: all the old Irish Italian guys you know that were all they're all the cops they're all the firefighters they're all the sanitation workers and it becomes a very insular place to grow up but just like a few blocks away was for lack of a better term especially in the 90s was like the hood you know And we used to just like ride bikes all around, and I had a few neighborhood friends. But for the most part, it was like taking the bus out of Yonkers up to White Plains to go to the mall and stuff like that, you know?
1: Oh, my God. I can't imagine taking the bus to White Plains. This is getting very local, but I lived in Dobbs Ferry for a little bit, and I know uh, that—what's that city south of Dobbs Ferry in between Dobbs Ferry and Yonkers? Hastings. Yeah, that's where I went to grammar school. That's where you went to—Hastings is a very—that's the kind of like the— it's it's the nicer area that's on the butt of of Yonkers that people are just like thankfully that it's not called Yonkers and Hastings.
0: Yeah, Hastings hates Yonkers like they hate it so much. Just and like let you, and go ahead. All those little all those little towns are like Bronxville and Hastings and like you people like the 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 thing people really really try to go for is get, to get like a Hastings PO, but it's like Yonkers address basically, you know, right. or like Hastings schools and Yonkers address at uh, like when they move. I was like just, a coveted thing.
1: Just to let you know, my daughter was born in St. Johns in Yonkers. So really, yeah, I
0: yeah. I, I grew up a mile from there. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So you're you're taking the bus to White Plains. When do you decide you want to become an artist?
0: Oh, that was that was pretty much in me from the beginning. Like as far back as I can remember. As far back as I can remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was always drawing stuff. Like, I I mainly loved to draw as a kid. I love comic books and that kind of stuff, so it was all, you know, it was just a part of me forever. I don't, I've never, I've never been anything else, which is weird, because that's different for most people, I think. Um, huh. you know, I've always had, even my careers and stuff that I've had, my businesses that I've had over the years have all had that creative aspect as a basis.
1: Hmm. I, it's interesting because I think that a lot of, I, I think that, I mean... I know that you you started a small business very at a very young age doing uh, internet stuff, and you really kind of capitalized on that. Where did you get the wherewithal to kind of like start an internet company at like high school in high school?
0: Um, I GeoCities man, I just like I I, I got into the internet because I had it. Like it was it was like right after AOL dial up was like the thing, you know, like mm-hmm. when you could actually do your own websites and like Netscape. Uh, became, like, the the main browser window for families instead of, like, AOL, you know? So it kind of broke out of that corral of, like, the super heavily curated AOL front page, like, you can click on the sports channel or you can click on the entertainment channel and that's it, you know? And then it became this big open world where, like, you'd go to, like, geocities.com slash whatever and there was just a website somebody made that said whatever they wanted it to say. And I thought that was super cool. And then I'm, I was always the type of kid to, like, click too many buttons and push too many things on a computer and ruin my parents' computer over and over again growing up. And uh, I got into seeing, like, there's a couple of things you can hit on a browser that let you see the, the website code for a web page. And uh, from that point, I was just kind of hooked on the fact that you could, like, type a couple of lines of whatever this was, and it would change the visual front of the website for you. So okay. I started building websites back in, uh, in Notepad just straight up writing from beginning to end all the code that I needed to write to make the website work and then uploading it and seeing if it worked and then you go back and tweak and do it that way.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. How, would...
1: But how does an artist get involved with something like that? Because it just seems like it's very...
0: I mean, the computer had a drawing program, so I was on the computer messing around with that, and the internet was just cool, and I was like, I was young, <laughs> and but uh, you
1: wanted to do the program, you wanted to do the all the the, the coding, yeah. It's still, of the...
0: it's still creation, you know. It's still um, it's like building in a way, you know. It's like yeah. building the inner structure of something, and then walk it's and then walking around to the front of it and seeing what changed, you know.
1: Ah, uh, so it's basically like learning the alphabet and then using the alphabet in order to write what you want to write.
0: Yeah, essentially, yeah.
1: Hmm. I I think it's interesting because I think that there are certain people who are able to see the big picture and they're able to say, they're able to say, okay, I need to learn all this shit in order to do it. But the interesting thing about your work, especially like I think about like, we're going to go back and forth. One of the videos I watched on your YouTube channel, Keith Deason, everyone go subscribe to Keith Deason, his great videos. That is totally exactly the opposite of... Doing a website or doing the kind of programming is your hand tool wood block. So you made a hand, a sculptural hand, oh yeah, (laughs) out of wood, and all the fingers. Each finger is a different exacto knife or a chisel or a file. And when I watched the video it's very stylized it has your style it has your signature on it in terms of like how you work one of the things that you do when you work is you use what you have i love the fact that in all your videos you just you're very non you're very you're not apologetic you're you're very non apologetic about the things that you have you got an old hand drill you got an old this you got an old that maybe you got a little duct tape around maybe you got some and you're and you just make it happen with whatever you have that particular project I in my mind I'm imagining at your home at this a couple years ago yeah. you had a you had a living room and then in your living room you had a work table and as you're watching tv you're futzing around making stuff and you carved out. You added a piece of wood here. Then you carved that out. and Then use a rasp. And then use all these like tools that were clearly bought from, you know, yard uh, <laughs> sales and stuff like found that. Found in
0: the bottom of the rusty bin at the found yard. Found in yeah.
1: the bottom of the rusty bin, and you are doing whatever it takes. And it was so freeform. There was clearly no. You take. You sometimes you'll you'll put your finger in front of the finger, and then you'll take a pencil and you'll make these like little marks, and then you'll get in there with a with a really fucked up X-Acto knife, <laughs> and then you'll fucking make a knuckle wrinkle. And it just seems very different than the ability to make code, which is I. That's one of the things about your work that I love so much is it's got so much humanity in it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um. It's it. It doesn't seem that different than the code for me because. It's kind of like what I do is I like to envision the end game of what I what I want, or as close to it as I can. You know, at least at least the end of the next step, and then apply the knowledge that I have about what can get me to that step, and then just do it that way. You know, so it's which sounds like duh, that's how you build anything. But I don't usually make plans or anything like that. I just say, okay, I want the 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 handle of this uh, this all to look like my thumb. Why? I don't know. It was just a weird idea I had that day, and I was like, well, I know that. Uh, people use very thin, very sharp knives to carve. I had never carved anything really decoratively at that point ever. I'm like, I know people use very thin, very sharp blades to uh, to to carve stuff. So I'm like, I have exacto knives, and like, I think I can do that. And like, uh, I think uh, maybe one video about chip carving later. I was just going for it, and uh, yeah. It, but it's kind of, the, the coating's not that different. It's it's like I want the front to I want the front to look like this. So what do I have to do to make this text blink or to build a table here? And then I just you just start hacking away at it until
2: hmm.
1: until you get there. Really? So you think it's more hacking? Because I, I would imagine that the coding part would be very specific as opposed to, you know, like when I see you grab your tools or like one of the things I notice that you love to do more than anybody else I've ever met is cut the heads off of nails or screws with a hacksaw in a, in a, in a vise. You use the, the screws and you use the bolts, you use the bolt heads. You're constantly, remo- you're constantly cutting off Uh, parts of the heads of bolts and and nails to get that steel and I just feel like whatever you're using it's what you have around and you're not like I you know I make you know the funny thing about makers is a lot of makers are very very tool oriented as in like they know what tool they want to get and they know the numbers they know the you know the serial model and then they know oh this model is different than they know I can't rattle off any of them I, can, I literally legitimately have no interest, and I have a, a very fond regards to how you work because my father was the same way. We didn't really give a shit about the tools we had. We did whatever we could do with what we had, and if it was like a rusty rasp, then that's just the way it that's is. That's what
0: you use, yeah. I mean, and I forget who it is, but there's a famous story about a guy. He built a chair as a kid using only a sharpened screwdriver. Like, that's the only thing he used to build an entire chair, and it's like, yeah, but why not? Every... You know, they say every tool is a chisel, essentially, in some way. It's either it's either an abrasive or a chisel. That's like every single tool, whether it spins or it gets pushed on something or glides across it. It's just it cuts in a certain way. You know. But well, I guess I, it's a chisel or a hammer. Well, really.
1: but when when I look at the stuff that you do, what you've done, especially your videos and especially the stuff you've done on Instagram, you definitely have a sense very, like I said, very similar to the way my father. My father was very much along the lines of. We need a sign for his vineyard, so he just he knew how to do fonts, and he just made the fonts out of you know with a scroll saw, and he cut them all out, he glued them all up, hit him with the paint, figured it all out. Didn't he never took a woodworking class? He learned it all on his own, and he it had a it had a folksy style to it to a certain degree, like it wasn't done with a CNC machine, it wasn't done professionally, it was done. And actually, the funniest part is. One time, so he had a vineyard in upstate New York, and one time he made this sign. The sign was awesome. It was out of plywood, and, and he was a painter, so he was using really great paint, and he made, you know, grape, grapes out of wood and stuff like that. We were on a ski trip in Stowe or something like that, and he found one of these little folksy, artisanal um, wood carving companies. And he says, you know what? I should, just get, I should just get a sign made nicely instead of the ones that I make. Because I'm like, you know what, he's like, because, you know, it gets to the point where it's just like, you know, people show up and they see this, like, you know, the bees yeah, yeah, of falling course. off. And it looks great, and it, but and at if, Well, time. of course, to
0: him, it's probably never looking good enough, you know, because part, part of the way of working like that is, like, you, you, you always know what you, what you didn't know going in, you know? Like, so by the time you're done, you're like, well, I, I knew I was making that up as I went along, and it doesn't really look right. And you can that's always like a part of it when you look back on it. So it probably bothered them more more than they bothered anybody else. You know? I
1: think you'd be surprised because I actually will say something that the maker community will not like that my father had me grow up learning. which is he says it's good enough. yeah, it's good enough was not a curse word, which in a lot of maker a lot of makers are like, you know, it's never good enough. at some point, it's like, okay. It's good enough. Let's just get on with the next thing. So we get to this town. He finds this woodworker who uses whatever. My dad gives him a label from the wine. He says, "This is what I want you to make. This is the sign that I want to go outside." So he said, "Okay, no problem. Whatever." I wasn't. I was. You know, whatever. I I wasn't even in the room when they were doing the deal and stuff like that. And they came back. It was delivered. They they did the the house, which was part of the label, backwards. (laughs) the house was I mean the house on the label was a lot the lettering wasn't backwards but everything else was backwards and I said to him I'm like why did they do everything backwards he goes I don't know they were using computers I have no idea I don't (laughs) know why they did everything backwards why would you if I gave him a label why would every why would the letters be on the right correct but then everything else was the mirror image and I it was just like at first I thought wow this this sign is awesome I was like "Eh, you know what my dad could have done it just as it was just as fine without it
0: yeah yeah, and it was front ways,
1: and it was front ways. You know, it's like that's the thing. It's just like you know, it gets gets to the point. It is, it, it was a, it is hilarious because he, I, he was so proud because he was like, I'm going to have a professional, yeah, you know, wood, no, one no. of these and woodworkers, gets, and they're <laughs> <free>. going to, they're <laughs> gonna carve the ins- they're going to carve the font out, and then they're going to have gold gold in leaf, you know, gold leaf the inside and everything like that. Next thing you know, a fucking thing is backwards, and he it's didn't the- return it. He was just like, the house, who cares? If they, no one's going to know that the house is backwards except for you. Yeah, keep your mouth shut.
0: <laughs> shut up about it already yeah it's it the the big picture stuff tends to trip up people who are real good about the details a lot of the time you know you come up you come up off the piece you're working on and you're like oh crap i totally <laughs> totally but this messed is, that one up
1: this I, th- I feel like that that's part of the you know in the maker community there are such separations between knife makers and bladesmiths there's a huge separation between blacksmiths and bladesmiths there's a huge separation But when you start to put in like all artists or someone who went to art school or somebody took like art classes and stuff like that it throws everything off because there's so many different levels to what being trained as an artist is and i know that you've had when you went to art school you were disillusioned because the the school was trying to teach more about how to be in business than it was to be an artist which, yeah,
0: they were teaching me stuff I already knew, and was actually because of the time period, I was just better at it than the, than the professors were because i was it was it. one of those weird things I just had five years experience of it, in it before they had you know six weeks experience from my, from a class they took or something so, it was so new
1: I would have loved to if when i was at, when I was at school and I was taking our classes, I would have loved if they gave us a little bit of like hey hey, guess what you you are going to have to learn how to make some money. you know we can talk about how. We can talk about you know artistic ideas and stuff like that, but we do have you know there are bills do have to be paid at some point. I wouldn't have minded that. I ended up working for other artists in the summertime in order to kind of like see what it was like. But I, it 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 seems to me in the maker community, especially, it's this idea of what is an artist and how an artist is. And when I look at your work, especially, I gotta stop saying I use that expression too much. You you there's there's something about the idea of let's do it, let's just do it the way it's. I'm doing it. Keep going. And then the next time it's going to be better. Or I'm going to use yeah. the things that I learned on this project, especially when it, when you see your videos, you talk about like mistakes that have happened and what you would do on the future projects and stuff like that. But there is this sense that it's good to do something, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, and address them in the future one, as opposed to hoping the first thing comes out perfectly.
0: Yeah. Well, every everything you make is is once you're done with it, it's done by someone who is less it's slightly more of an amateur than you are when you're done. You know what I mean? Like it's your, your next one could always be, or should always be better in theory, you know, there's other factors, but like whenever, whenever I make anything, it's, I know it's not going to be perfect because half the time I'm just making it up as I go, but nothing's ever perfect. Even a perfect, perfect piece of like machine factory, like anything is not, there's, there's always something wrong with you can see it or not, you know? So why strive for, why stress myself out and drive myself insane when, it's a good piece. The message I wanted to get across gets across. I learned what I wanted to learn. If there's a client, they're happy, or if not, then whatever. The video's good or whatever, and then just, you know, it's all it's all learning, and it's all an experience to just carry on to the next thing.
1: I think that, you know, the whole YouTube thing in the maker community is, is, is interesting to me because it is, like, you can do a video where you make, you made a video where you put uh, wood planes on the bottoms of your shoes or like (laughs) you made shoes and it did seem as though it was just like in your mind, you're just like, I know this probably isn't going to work well but i'm gonna see it through because the video is gonna be good yeah you have the ability to like you have the ability to just futz around i mean i say futz around with with all with all due respect no that's you, what
0: it is like you're absolutely right like i mean that the, the the hand planes on the shoes thing the the feet planes or whatever yeah that was born of me just thinking like it'd be really fun to like have i i think it was like i wanted to because i made the hand tool thing that you were talking about yeah the, the I forgot what I called the hand tool thing because I just wanted to use the word hand and tool over and over again. So it's like the hand tool to a hand handstand or something like yeah. that. Um, I had done that and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to make a, a plane in the shape of my foot. So that like, you know, and then like, like an old style, like wooden plane, you know? And then I was like, well, what if I just like used my foot and actually just put a plane on the bottom? Then I could like skate across, like maybe my bench top to flatten it. And the image of that motion like that just that activity, like just a foot like feet sliding like a like like hockey stopping on a wooden surface with the plane with the planed wood shooting out the back. I was like, I have to do it just to see if I can get that to be you know, the fine the final shot of it. That was a project that was sorely for video. There was there yeah, was no of course. there was no practical application to that whatsoever. But it was just to get that that image from my head into the, into the world in some way, and it sorta of worked. It was okay
1: it worked but, no you were I, that's one of the things about your videos i like the fact that you started doing more voiceovers because in the beginning you weren't doing any voiceovers yeah and in the, then in the,
0: in the beginning i was just straight up ripping off jimmy Duresta, like everyone starts out basically
1: I, I, here's i gotta back up here what made you decide to do videos in the youtube videos in the first place
0: uh well i was actually was just seeing people on youtube like I, I'd been making stuff for a little while um, out of just junk that was around in my house and, like, just killing time. Started selling a little bit of it, and then, you know, um, YouTube, I just saw, like, a, bunch, a couple of people, like, the real, real first, like, woodworkers and stuff, and Jimmy and, like, uh, Mark Spagnuolo and those guys. And I was like, you know, this is really cool because I really like, and especially Jimmy's projects, like, he was doing crazy stuff, like, turning a log into a treasure chest or something like that, you know? And it's like, that's fun. That's something that, that I just want to do. Like I want to have a reason to make crazy stuff and fun stuff and good stuff, but also to promote like, and learn and, and do the things that I want to do. Like I'll make a nice piece of furniture that has a great design that's functional, but then I'll also basically strap hand to my feet and skate across my workbench top.
1: See, that's the thing, you know, when I talk to a lot of you, I, number one, for me, YouTube sounds, it just seems like it's a lot of extra work. Like I can, <laughs> now that I know that you liked, or you maybe didn't like it, but you were so good at the coding, I see YouTube the idea of the editing and doing the videos and figuring out what you need and stuff like that. I feel like that's coding. Like I think it's like a mathematical equation that I am just not willing to do. And I also know that with this podcast, I know that consistency is critical in order for you to kind of like get anywhere with it. But one of the, the the people, when I look at other YouTubers, a lot of times I think that people are driven by doing a, a, doing like an above and beyond, excellent job when i say excellent job i mean like pristine 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 like mind-blowing stuff in order to get away from like in order to get away from like trolls or getting away from negative comments but when i see jimmy and and then i would put you in that category you it feels like you guys are just having a good time and you're documenting you having a good time without the 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 trappings of criticism you know
0: yeah. No, I mean, that's, I used to be pretty self-conscious about the comments and stuff like that. And the, pretty quickly I realized, cause I, I grew up with the internet. Like I know why people are doing that. Some, someone, someone's hurting them in their life or they're hurting in their life and they just want to just take it out on people. And you just got to like, you know, wish them you, well and send them off. You know? Do you really
1: think that's what it is?
0: I really do. I really think that they're, they're lacking something that, uh, lashing out at the world and, and, and specific people in general that maybe seem like they have the thing that they're lacking. Is uh, is a big motivator for people who are who are just complete dicks on the internet.
1: I wonder. I part of me thinks that they're just looking to connect. And That's
0: what I mean. But what that means you know, they're lacking a connection. They need something. You know.
1: No, There's but the n- connection is the connection. Not necessarily be negative. I think that they're looking for you to like. I think that I feel like they're looking to get like a positive interaction with someone. And I think that they don't know how to do it otherwise.
0: Yeah. All they know how to do is, is get someone to look at them, you know, right. They can leave the nicest comment in the world. And like, let's be honest, nine times out of 10, I'm just going to heart it and move on, you know, like it'll feel nice. and, And that feels great. I love to read them, but like, I'm not, I'm not always here to start a conversation with everyone that, that, that comments or anything like that. And like, if they leave a negative comment, there's a lot more of a chance of not just me, but other people jumping on it, you know? and and just giving them some attention and, and some some weird i don't know some weird love or whatever for a little bit and and a lot of times they do they try to back they try to backpedal it a little bit when you do respond
1: you know? yeah and it's they're so like weird. oh
0: so i didn't mean like that i really like what you're doing but it's like then why don't you lead off with i really like what you do except here's my issue you know like it's never that it's always like hey dick like <laughs> what are you doing well you're gonna kill yourself you're gonna lose a hand like come I- on
1: I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I only looked at one of your section of video. I only looked at one video. We're going to talk about it. Now, I only looked at one of your comments in your videos. And I want to bring it up in a, in a minute or two just because it, because it is it is hilarious. Okay. But the thing is, is like I still don't understand it. And I'm also incredibly, I'm cre- incredibly fragile. Like I couldn't handle... I can't I get I get really really worked up by things that people say at some point at some
0: point. Well you you had that whole epicurious video that you were on that was like man it went after you in a lot of ways in that video just just I mean it was all regular internet comments but you got you got the the full breadth I feel like of uh of the experience.
1: It took me a year to kind of finally look through it and actually the yeah. only way I, I had two friends of mine uh when I first came out my friend Jonathan Porter from Doghouse Ford gave me a synopsis which was hilarious <laughs> and then when i first started with craig and on uh, knife talk i said you know it'd be funny if you read the comments to me because i hadn't looked at them." so that was funny too <laughs> that
0: was i remember that. that was very funny
1: and then and then i did an episode with uh, jesse ueta who gets mm-hmm. a lot of terrible comments i thought well, let's have a let's have a terrible comment off and i oh, actually man. went and read everything almost yeah. everything it's her, just,
0: it, you can't you can't beat her bad comments they're, they're like they'll actually make you sad like, well
1: the comments from the epicurious video the ones that were the ones that i hated were the ones that were the ones that were the guy the guy you know you he looks like a you know homeless chris pratt i don't give a shit about that. that's funny <laughs> you know if the funny ones were I, if one was the funniest one somebody says is his fingers look like he went to third base with a pencil sharpener i mean that, that that's about as good i mean that's that hilarious is, that,
0: you got that's what you gotta you, i mean that's just genius right like you can't you can't get a room full of writers together And do better than that. It was
1: phrased perfectly. The timing, the way, even when you say it, it was probably one of the funniest things I've read, you know, whatever. The the questions that bothered me were inaccurate steel questions that people were like trying to pretend that they, there was one guy who said, oh, 52-100 is a stainless steel. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This is the problem with these shows is they give, they send out bad information and they're liars Mm -hmm. and he's a liar. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This couldn't have been more incorrect, and yeah, I said something. It's amazing so,
0: how, d- how deep they dig themselves when they do that too. Because it's like the the armchair quarterback that's always wrong. There's always that comment.
1: Well, I mean, it was like I mean, he was just like, "This is the problem," you know. And then I talked about it on this podcast, and then people went to it and they destroyed him. <laughs> yeah. And then he took it all back. He just erased his comment. and He says, "Well, this guy's a dick anyway." And he just went after me for something else. <laughs> yeah, that's all. But, that's
0: it. The, he would just yeah. You just but he didn't want to be right. He just wanted to to you know. Try to make the, you look like a fool. But
1: in regards to unnecessary comment. I mean, and the other thing is is the the most of the comments were like he's no expert. I knew all the answers to this. One guy wrote, I watched this three times and I'm an expert too now. I'm just like, all right, well, yeah. the first time, the second time you got them all you know, you got them all right after I watched them three times, you know.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for the interaction. I mean, yeah. The, the thing about YouTube comments, like the the one thing that that ever gets me about YouTube comments or any comments on 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 work that's posted online is when they're fucking right, you know? Yeah, Like, when they actually speak, like, your deep-seated insecurity about that specific thing that you did, and you're just like, you know, oh, I have to delete this comment because it hurts too much to read this one because they're absolutely—I didn't think anybody would get that, and they absolutely got it, and
1: damn. I could never do videos for that reason, because then— I know it would happen.
0: Pressed and move on. Like
1: I, I can't. I would. I would have to write something, erase it, <laughs> write something five times, erase it five times, and then send something else. And then, and then in my mind, I'm going to walk the dogs and think, oh, maybe he's responded by now. And then it's going to be. It's going to. It's yeah. too much. It's too much for me. It's to, 100% too much for me. So I, I, I stay away from it completely besides the fact that of the thought of doing any editing. I mean, this podcast, they don't do any editing. I yeah. send all my shit to Craig, and <laughs> then Craig puts it all together. And I don't have to do nothing. So it's you know it's much, much easier for me. Thanks, Craig. I, in re, thanks, Craig, of course. But one of the things... In one of your videos, I watched and I, I had to read this one comment and I wanted how I, I just wanted to know how you felt about it. You made a bow and a, a bow oh, <laughs> yeah. out of wooden skis, and it looked awesome. And one of the things I want to talk about about the your your voiceover, which is so much it's so much fun now. The voiceover now, yeah. When you, when you did the bow, you you got the wooden ski and it was so funny or you just, you know, you're the voiceovers. we got to talk about the voiceovers because they're so funny. And you're talking about, ah, you know, your aunt, she drinks too much. You can get, I'm sure she's got a couple, you know, Christmas time. She puts the skis out on the, on the wall. Yeah. But she wouldn't even notice. She took it, you know, take it or something like that. And then you made this bow. You shot the bow. You said why you did what you did. You 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 never ever once say this is the only way to do something. You're just like I'm sure I screwed this up, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, it, I, it,
0: yeah. I got the end result, but I'm sure that someone's going to tell me it's a better way to have done this. But yeah.
1: I think it's I think it's a very I think it's an excellent that, that I love self-deprecating humor in general but you, you do a lot of that self-deprecating yeah. humor which is which is you know you think that would be self-deprecating humor kind of puts the fire out before it starts you just assume that it's just like okay he said it, he it that, kind you know. of it's more
0: like a controlled burn you know it kind of sets the fire in the place you want to set the fire as opposed to completely deflecting it you know
1: yeah you're punching yourself in the face yeah so and no and one then, else does it's like pile yeah.
0: onto this yeah of course it, instead it, of all the other stuff that's wrong in the video I don't want you just see like pile onto this one thing i'm talking
1: about now i use it i use self self-deprecating humor to protect myself yeah you know, it's, the, it's the man
0: behind the curtain thing it's, it's like laugh at this over here please don't laugh at this over here
1: so the great <laughs> thing is is and we're we going to really talk about the voiceovers is you you're, you're talking about it you're, you're doing the, the voiceovers after you filmed everything and then you, you 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 shoot the arrow and you're like what the hell do i know hey i just got a bullseye i guess i know a lot it was really it was so funny <laughs> And it was like fun. It was like it was like obviously you're not you know you're not bo- you're not like I'm not Robin Hood yeah you're not Robin Hood you're yeah, not and you're I'm, not like, I'm like
0: I'm like 25 feet away from the target. It's not like yeah. it's uh, <laughs> you
1: made a fucking bow out of some skis. I mean this is like let's not you're not going to join the Olympics with yeah, this in a bow. day
0: in a day too like, in a day. Like,
1: so one guy wrote I don't remember I I, I thought what one guy said this video is terrible. <laughs> it's just the way you made it, and then the the nylon you made has a lot of stretch, and you don't know how to do this in your western style grip throwing the arrow and the I mean it was like this litany of reasons why he hated the video yeah, and all I could think of was why why what was what would possess you? clearly you're not saying I'm sending this off to the Olympic trials because I want a sponsorship and I want them, I want them all using, yeah, this right? yeah, exactly. you know, it was just like, what's the point of, just, I don't know. S- somehow, you, you know, what? I, and then, yeah. and then you responded with, ah, I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. It was yeah. like you are just <laughs> trying to like diffuse the bomb with like some like unicorns and flowers.
0: Yeah. Cause that's the type of guy that says that kind of stuff. Like I was saying before, and they just want like to be in on, the thing that you're doing a little bit like there's two types of people that leave those from in my experience the person that just wants to start a conversation with you in some way and they just have like very poor so poorly developed social skills or the type of person that just like is so their self-worth is so wrapped up in the one thing they know about what you're doing that they have to like they can't let anyone think that they may have watched this video without letting everyone know that they were right and you were wrong you know
1: I know it's like it's so bizarre. It, it's totally, and it's it's like it's it's the same thing as road rage, because you're like when you're in a car and you're giving something, I had that. My wife has road rage. She used to give people a. She would drive the sawmill to work, mm. and it was like sawmill oh, during rush hour. Yeah, is a no, disaster. No. I mean, it's like it's it's a scary place to be. I have doing road rage, anything. and
0: it's probably because I grew up taking the sawmill everywhere.
1: That's right, and she yeah. would go sawmill to Executive Boulevard. Do you know yep. what I'm talking about? Oh yeah,
0: that's where I lived. Basically, I was ten blo- I grew up ten blocks from there.
1: That's she goes every day, mm-hmm. and it's the drivers are terrible. And she would, you know, she would do the finger, and I and I and, and I, we were in the car once with her, and she started screaming with the windows up. I mean, she's mm-hmm. not playing. oh yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, she's, I'm, she's from. I'm I'm the, I'm the same
0: sake. way. I'm, I get I get I've calmed down a lot since I've had kids because they start repeating everything you say in the car, like in real life. Oh. But uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it gets bad. It gets real
1: bad sometimes. I've told her. I said, "You you got you can't do you can't do it. Someone's gonna pull you. Someone's gonna like cut off cut you off or follow you, and then they're gonna hit you with a tire iron. You can't do that." And I think that road rage is very similar to. I mean, I think road rage hostility. If you you don't people don't get as hostile towards people when they're not separated by like a room or a car or a door or the internet. Yeah. They have this this ability to detach from people's humanity. They have ability to detach from their empathy in order to realize it's just like, does it really matter if he made a bow out of a couple of skis? Is, it looks like he's having a good time and he just got a bullseye. This is do I really need to write this thing. And I just wonder, I wonder why that, I wonder where it all comes from. And it has to be a place of like, I, you know, it's the idea of, it's the narcissism of look at me. Yeah. Like I'm, I know I'm listening to you, but what about, what about me? Yeah, what about also, me? I mean, not look at me. What about me? Yeah. Like, but you how much, did this, how much, but what about me?
0: How much do we deserve it for putting up a video of me making a thing I have no business making and saying, look at me, <laughs> you know?
1: No, no, but it's not you. I'm, what I'm no, saying... I know.
0: You're saying for them, but it's like the, both sides of the same coin. Like, that's what you're going to attract, you know? It is a narcissistic act putting up a YouTube video of you making a thing. Well, no one, no one ever, it... no, no one ever really did that except for huge names in whatever business. Like, they're, they're th- before the internet, there were like two guys making woodworking videos, you know? It's like... But
1: art in itself in and of itself is a narcissistic pursuit what you're oh, trying totally. to do is you're trying to make something you're trying to you're trying to make something a visual aspect that's representative of who you are ultimately it's a narcissistic act fine it has value to some people i i, I tend to think that when you're trying to make content um when you're trying to make content, especially in the way you you do it, I think you're trying to entertain and show people something neat. And and when I say that, I, like my I think one of my favorite of of all the sessions of videos you do, I love your guitars. And one of the reasons why I love your guitars so much, you've done three guitars. You did the rot gut, and then you did two electric guitars. Yeah, I loved. I think of you know what I can't think. I can't say that I, I love them the most, but I do. I watched them all. And I found myself being excited to see how this thing was going to work. And one of the things that is neat for me is when I see you making the guitars and you're able to kind of make them, you actually can play the guitar. And it reminds me of like knife makers who actually... Um,
0: like chop something up afterwards. Well, they
1: can actually cook. <laughs> yeah, like, this yeah. is the problem with knife making is a lot of knife makers don't know how to cook.
0: So <laughs> can, I mean, it's can, a fact they can barbecue and they can't do anything else. Oh,
1: I mean, it's a fa- I mean, it's a fact. I is mean, it I, me though I, is
0: it like every knife maker can barbecue, like 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 smoke or barbecue, you know, like you know Texas barbecue. It seems I, like it,
1: there's there's. There's something to like culinary knife makers who can't cook that, to me drives me. I mean, not theres not honestly. I don't, give a, I don't give a shit, but yeah. it is hilarious it because doesn't it's like keep, you don't, it doesn't
0: keep you up at night.
1: It doesn't <laughs> keep me up at night, but at the same time, it's just like I yeah, it is. It is objectively told, funny. Like, I once yeah. told so, I once told a customer of mine, beware of knife a uh, culinary knife makers who don't love to cook because if yeah. they don't love to cook, that means that they're unwilling to use their own knives. To the maximum, and then be able to make their own. De- they are then be be able to make changes in what they like in terms of their knives. Yeah, but, but maybe term- maybe, it,
0: maybe it keeps it a little more pure though, because if they're not if they don't have a preference for how to how to how to work a knife or how to hold it or grip it or anything like that, maybe they don't. That doesn't trickle into their design. You know, that personal preference doesn't come through into final product, and they can be a little more innocent, for lack of a better word, in their in their overall designs
1: oh you mean ignorant not ignorant yeah sense. i meant ignorant thank you yeah, yeah. because it's like it, what happens is, is you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping they like it i've yeah. been down there it took me years before i have really really been able to make something that i like and then and then uh and then use it um but back to you with your your the, the, the it was so much fun watching your uh i think this is my favorite of the guitar videos was the plywood guitar? Yeah, I think that's... that one was my favorite because you did a you did a you did the the banjo. I don't know. It was, like, it was a banjo. The rot gut guitar with the yeah, license a, plate. Yeah, a
0: cigar box license plate uh, guitar. Yeah.
1: Then you did the plywood uh, one, yeah. which was my favorite, and I will yeah. tell you why. And then you did the uh, epoxy one, which yeah, I love too.
0: Which I used a kit for because uh, I I did learn a lot with the plywood guitar, but I did not learn exactly how to make a guitar with the plywood guitar.
1: The plywood guitar was fun for me because you used a lot of materials that I have. I am constantly, you, you know, I'll take, I actually made a sculpture where I was, I took all my jigs. I made this giant sculpture. Actually, I made a sculpture that was in Beacon. You might've seen it a while ago. It was three giant steel needlefish down yeah, by that was Tito's, the, uh, down by Tito's Santana's. Yeah.
0: It was in that lot for a little while, wasn't it?
1: Right. It was, a, yeah. it was a Beacon 3D, Yeah. The yeah, yeah. The, the Beacon show. And I made these three l- giant lures and then what I did was, because I was working in my basement and it, it reminded me of how you work too, is I made a, a giant wooden lure and then I was using, I was, you, would have been, you would have been down with the way I worked. Mm-hmm. I got yoga mats and then I, 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 I did the wooden lure and then I used a sharpie and then I roughed out the pattern. And then I would cut out – I would like – almost like if you saw uh, the way they break down a a steer for like the butcher. You know what I'm talking about where they'll like make all the cuts? So I'll make all the lines on the wooden lure and then I'll take yoga mats and I'll cut all the yoga mats up into those segments. And then I'll tape them all together and then I can take those as my template. Yeah. And then use those to cut out in the steel and then I could TIG weld it all together. And what I did was I TIG welded on top of the wooden jig. Okay. And then at the end – I took the wooden jig, I put it into a giant sculpture, I cut the table apart, because the table that I welded on was filled with MIG welding, and fire, and, and and you know, I had their telephone numbers I had to write down, yeah, yeah. there's some glue on it, and there's a lot of burns, and there's a lot of, when you, t- when you MIG weld, it's got these little BBs fall down, and then mm-hmm. they fall, oh, and then yeah. they bounce, and they make this kind of, like, really great texture. I used that table as the base, so it had all this like it had all this texture and all this grunge. I, never and that. It I was up this...
0: close on that thing a couple of times. I never, I never looked down. That's not that's on me. That's well, awesome.
1: but I mean, that's one of the things. So when I saw the way you did your that second guitar, the pilot oh right, yeah, guitar.
0: the guitar. I used the old workbench top that I had that had too many holes drilled in it because that's how I test, uh, I test drill bit sizes for uh, for screws. Is I just drill a hole straight in the workbench, pop the screw in. Okay, that's good, and then move on
1: but it created this incredible texture to the outside it had all this it had a lot of depth it had a lot of age it had a lot of um it had a personality and you're using part of that personality and even to the point where in the back of the guitar you used a plate that had a painted dinosaur and the dinosaur faced on the inside it was just part of the drawing you just use what you had around you yeah it had the, such uh, the, a number,
0: the, the number one comment on the videos is was uh Over and over again, I I really wish you put the dinosaur on the outside, which was actually my plan from the beginning, and I just traced it wrong, and I only had that piece of backings, that piece of uh, quarter-inch Luan or whatever, so I was like, well, (laughs) that's it. It's on the inside now. It's my secret. Yeah, but it's not.
1: The great thing is, it's not your secret. It's the it's the people who watch the video secret, and that's this intimate relationship that you end up having with your the listeners. But in terms of like how you made the pickup, and then how you kind of strung everything together, and. It was so much fun to watch that, and you were once again—you were very self-deprecating. You weren't like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know. But you did end up saying something along the lines of, "I know this is only one pickup, and people say you shouldn't have one pickup, but Eddie Van Halen made his guitar with one pickup, and it's good enough for me."
0: Yeah, I mean, it works. It, that was that—that that project was me trying to bridge the gap between a cigar box guitar, which is has its its history in like the Depression era blues blues guys who couldn't afford an instrument, so they'd literally make a guitar out of a cigar box and a couple strings. And play that, uh, and a, a modern electric, electric guitar, by way of just seeing like if I could take the ethos of just take what I have and make a fully functioning electric guitar out of just, with the exception of the pegs, because I tried a couple times to to make pegs, and I'm not a machinist, so I was like, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna repurpose these ones. Uh, I, it,
1: it was it was the best part to me was it was so much fun watching it, and then that way you did that texture on the front with the uh, with how you did the this texture.
0: That was was my favorite part. And like, that's the part everyone's like, they, they just, they gloss over. I'm like, no, the front texture. Like, that was the thing I took away from that project the most was like, I should use this on more furniture.
1: The texture was like these. So you took a piece of, you took your table saw, you put the blade at a bevel, At an angle, and then you slowly, slowly made these cuts, and then you turned it to the exact opposite, you made the cuts in the other opposite way, and then you created this diamond, like these small pyramids is what you call them, which was perfect, because that's the great thing about plywood, is it has this kind of topographical quality to it that really can make this beautiful sculpture in terms of you know that 3d thing and it was so much fun to watch you it just the whole thing was when you said eddie van halen i mean I, i mean i'm not saying you're eddie van halen but one of the things that i love about eddie van halen is his frankenstein guitar yeah was he just took all these parts and made this guitar
0: yeah i mean and that's uh, I also had one of the episodes of uh, of From the Ground Up I did was uh about Brian May's guitar that he built with his dad, which was all repurposed materials and they like hand wound their their stuff in like a second bedroom in their house using all hand tools and they built like one of the most one of the most incredibly like technologically forward thinking guitars of that time period. Like it, it, it outshone the big factories in the stuff that it could do and they built it like you know, and he still uses it to this day and he built it with his dad in in a back room over the course of a year you know
1: you hear stuff like that and and you know like if if you if you were to say to me jeff would you still use your first knife the you know the first chef knife i'm like hell no thing is like i mean i mean it's like a, it's like a, closer to being an axe yeah well i mean a that, gu-
0: that guitar is is way more useful as like you know a club than it is as a guitar right but it's uh it it, it worked it worked when i needed it to work which was after I was done building it and that was that's all I really wanted from that from that project was to make something that looked cool, but also, like, you can see it in the video, too. Like, when that pickup that I wound out of garbage just, like, actually makes yeah. sound, I was just, like, giddy, <laughs> you know? I was like, that is so cool. That actually worked. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to build it into a guitar and see if it will still sound right, you know?
1: Yeah, that's right. You took the, you took the screws and you put them all together and then you rubbed a nail on it and then it made a noise. It was definitely this amazing moment. And and I, I, once again, you've repurposed almost everything. I'm almost like you even cut apart parts just to get the the copper wire out of it. I mean, it was, I wonder about you in regards to nostalgia. When I see a lot of the, the subject matter of your work, I see this love of nostalgia. And I want to get an ice cream because yeah. you've done a lot of projects where a lot of projects and probably upcoming, there are some upcoming videos where ice cream takes a very center stage. Yeah. You've made like three or four lamps that made, made to one look like a chip witch, one look like a, a ice yeah. cream sandwich. We, we don't want to
0: talk about the chip witch one. one Why not? That, one, that one went a little sideways. It wasn't my All best, right. but I did, I did put the video out on uh, to keep myself honest.
1: But you but but, the, but regardless of how it turned out, i yeah. mean i don't even care about how it turned out, oh yeah, it was, but it was it's part, more but... along the lines of you know I find that there's a lot of like you have a lot of nostalgia towards your youth yeah um, in regards to the decisions that you make when as when as you're making things,
0: yeah, for sure, i mean th- with the ice cream specifically there's a lot of um there's a lot of, a lot I like to explore in that kind of nexus of like when you're a child, but you start having that responsibility because that's like the formative stuff you remember, even though you don't know what's happening at the time so much. So like the ice cream man, the ice cream truck, which is what I base. A lot of the, the art stuff I do is stuff you get from the ice cream truck, not necessarily popsicles from the store or whatever. Um, and it's like, uh, cause they're there. It's, it's a, it's an entire business that's designed to get kids to act like adults, right? Uh right. For the first for the first time in their life, you know, like you have the money, you're like five years old or whatever. You've got you've got a dollar, you got two dollars, and you're gonna pay this person for their product who has now like given you and you. It's the only thing you want in that moment. It is the only thing in the world. Is is that Spider Man ice ice cream pop? You know. But you, there's and,
1: but there's one big difference because time is not on your side. Yeah, the, there's there's a sense of peril that kids have. Because maybe they don't have the money on them. I mean, Eddie Murphy did the Ice Cream Man. Oh yeah, there's, the, there's the urgency of all of it. time. There's it's the, the urgency, urgency of, it. it's... of the Ice Cream Man might go away.
0: Yeah, it's this act, it's this act of like as a kid like it's this one thing that as an adult it's like yeah you buy things it's not right. my my most favorite thing in the world I gotta buy food I gotta eat whatever yeah uh, but as a kid you're like this is this is the the first thing I'm doing you don't realize it at the time but it's so urgent you have to do this thing and you, it's almost like you're tricked into 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 Stepping one foot into adulthood yeah. just to become a kid again two seconds later, you know?
1: Well, there's so much peril.
0: Yeah. He might go.
1: He might leave. He might leave you He might you leave. Behind. Yeah, I got
0: his money right here. You're chasing him down. Or
1: you don't have the money. I mean, I remember, Mom, I need some money for the ice cream man's here. And I, you got to hurry up because he's yeah. going to drive off.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, they don't know you don't... You know, they, they don't know give a shit about
1: you anymore. And, and now, I mean, the ice cream man, I mean, I I'd like to... <sighs> the ice cream the ice cream truck sound in this town is the worst.
0: Oh, is it the one with the claps and stuff?
1: It, uh, yeah, it's, it has uh, at the <laughs> end, and then at the end, there's this woman who sounds like it's like Jerry Seinfeld's mother saying, hello. It drives us crazy because it reminds me of my mother. My mother oh. used to come into a room and say hello, as in like hello, I'm here. <laughs> and the ice cream truck drives by, and it's, it does its music. It's not the same as it was when I was a kid. And at the end, hello, and mm-hmm. it's just like it dri- I want to like I want to like I want it to stop. I want the hello part to stop.
0: Yeah, the the ice cream truck is such a weird thing. And it, it it it. I think that's part of why I like to to explore it too, is because I don't understand fully what it is that is so like. I mean, major corporations, Marvel and, 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 and friggin', you know, Warner Brothers, they, they pay to have something in a truck that drives down the street look like the face of their characters. They, they, they license this stuff. They get it into these trucks in order to have little kids run up and, and make a a currency exchange for ice cream. You know, it's not advertised towards parents. No, you don't, at at 38 years old, I mean, I, the only reason at 38 years old you look at an ice cream truck and go, man, I really want one of those is because you grew up going to the ice cream truck. You know the joy it can, it can throw you back to, you know?
1: But When I was a kid... It was, I mean, the ice cream. Tr- they didn't have ice cream trucks in Manhattan. You just get to the you know, the Sabret's guy had some Italian ices. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. And then if you went, if you went to some more suburban place, you'd see the ice cream truck and stuff like that. Or you mm-hmm. go to the Bronx, you go to Brooklyn. In Manhattan, there was no ice cream trucks. And ice cream trucks are not coming to fucking Fifth Avenue. I can pro- I promise you that. No. So, but there was this sense of communal. There was a communal aspect of it because, you know, like like you were saying, I mean, you, you if you went to the supermarket with your mother, you weren't losing your fucking minds in the ice cream place. Yeah, you won yeah, some exactly. ice cream, but it's... you didn't lose your minds. When you the ice cream truck would show up, kids from all over the place would congregate and maybe you'd meet somebody. You know, yeah. maybe you'd like become friends with someone.
0: There were times when when I was like mid fist fight at like 10 years old with some kid in the park, you know, and like or like 12 years old. And the ice cream man comes, there's like 10 of us all all beating each other up over a stickball game or something. And the ice cream man, you hear that chime, that first note, and we just drop what we're doing, we're all friends again. We run right at it, like, you know? We'll push Whoa. each other out of the way to be first, but like, at the end, you know, we all got our ice cream and we're all just sitting around.
1: What was your ice cream of choice at the ice cream truck?
0: Honestly, I was a weird kid. I really liked just getting a chocolate milkshake because the guy had chocolate milkshakes in the one Whoa, that went to our Oh, that park. is a
1: weird one.
0: It's weird. I think that's a, a thing with me and my dad. He liked chocolate. He likes milkshakes, and so like that was like a you know. So I like them, and uh, I'm trying to remember if I ever got anything that was like a, more of a. I probably a couple times did like the Spider Man pop or whatever, but you know what? In, I I never enjoyed uh, having gum embedded in my ice cream. Yeah,
1: super it, weird. It's
0: it's it's just a mixing of of textures and and mouth activities. I don't think that 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 mesh up
1: really well. And the soul, and your mouth has to make that gum like rehydrate. Rehydrate, it's
0: like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> and like yeah, it's always that powdery gum that's in your mouth now, and then you're trying to like lick ice cream, and it's like what oh, awful. I was
1: I was a, I was a th- uh, toasted almond bar guy. I love uh, toasted yeah. To this day, toasted almond bars. I, like, I eat a toasted almond bar, but I it's just it's I just want I wonder about the ice cream truck because it, it and it really clearly and, and back to I know that you like. Uh, milkshakes because you did this short amount of time where you were doing on your videos you're doing food and you did a grilled cheese (laughs) the macaroni grilled cheese and all of a sudden I'm just like what the fuck is he making he's making a milkshake and 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 I I kind of I in my heart of hearts I hope you do more food things a decent snack was a lot of fun though I
0: I I have plans but you know you know how plans go but like uh one of these days I really want to do uh uh side kind of cooking channel. I just really want that to be a fun thing. And I really want to know what it's going to feel like before I start,
1: you know? Yeah. The cooking stuff's tough. Yeah. The cooking stuff's tough because like it's, you have to be like super duper organized. There's, you can't just like look for a, you know, a rasp. Well, to, I mean, that's kind of what problem. I do. Co-
0: that's kind of what I do cooking though. It's like, I basically just, I, I, most of my meals, the, the recipes I've come up with are like pantry meals, you know? Yeah. It's like what have I got what can I use what can I what can I get this to approximate and then have some fun with on top of that you know
1: So you did you did the ice cream sandwich light you did yeah. the chipwich light you did the small uh Ice cream bar light. I think that, I don't know what that was really there. fun. Yeah. The little tiny, the little tiny, uh, there you do this tiny light where if you move the popsicle stick in, it turned the light on and then the vanilla ice cream, there was the, the glow from the vanilla ice cream. That was so much fun. That was but a, now yeah, that... you're doing something that I find to be incredibly fascinating and it's a, de- it's a departure from your normal stuff, but it's still within the vein of the keep Decent whatever. Mm-hmm. You're making these rugs. Yep. These rugs that you're making are. Rugs of ice cream, but they're not the iconic ice cream that you see on the package. They're images of the Well, you explain it.
0: They're uh, they're really screwed up ones that you actually get when you open the packages. Like uh, SpongeBob's eyeball is missing, or like you know, Batman's eyes are all over the place and his mouth is melting, or like the it overprinted uh spider-man's face and now he's got like these really long uh eye sockets that like drip down his face or something you know there's always something like that uh and that's kind of like uh it's it i don't know it's a bit of an exploration of like the the the, the lack of disappointment when you're a kid and you open it it, it doesn't look like it would on the package and you don't care there's no there's not a care in the world you maybe you giggle at it or whatever or show your friend but like you're just going to chow down on that thing you don't give it give a crap But, like, as an adult, if you got anything, anything else in the world came that percentage off of what it looks like on the package, you'd be furious. You know?
1: I don't know. Because I grew up in Manhattan where we would go to McDonald's. And McDonald's McDonald's is the
0: only, that's funny, it's the only other thing, except maybe Chinese food restaurants. But, like, McDonald's is the only other, like, uh, American culture thing that's like that 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 I've come across where it's like. Yeah, everyone knows it's not going to look like the burger on the menu. Like, you're not here for that.
1: Depending where you are. Yeah. When I went to school in Ohio, I mean, we were laughing. I mean, I ate McDonald's when I was a kid, yeah. and you look at the commercials, and you're just like, "I want that Big Mac," and you're just, yeah. like, you get the Big Mac, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like but a quarter inch thick. You ain't yeah. gonna send it back, cause I mean, you're gonna, they're gonna yell at you. And <laughs> and still gonna, gonna,
0: it's still gonna do the trick because it's engineered to do the trick.
1: You know? But you can't. I mean, there's no. You don't, you do not fuck with customer service at a McDonald's in Manhattan. No. I mean, that's a yeah, problem. No, problematic. no, God, no. That's a, I'll take it. I'll take the take the L. Take the yeah. L because it's just you're you're you're, you're cruising for bruising and then
0: did you order a burger and get a fish which oh well i guess that's your day
1: whatever it is what, what, whatever <laughs> it is it's like did you sit on this hamburger fine it'll be fine i'm not going to complain just take yeah. it and leave
0: this bag but, just full of mayonnaise okay
1: i mean it was i mean the mcdonald's and mcdonald's in in the tri-state i mean if you're in like a in a rural area in ohio though when i went to school in ohio yeah. my friends were like let's go to mcdonald's the food here is great i'm like what what <laughs> and we went to the mcdonald's in the in the rural ohio it looked just like the pictures it was wow. like the fast food in this area this high this wasn't high end it was like mount vernon ohio it was yeah. like uh, in the middle of but it the was like it was like what they had Dude, it was like everything looked exactly like the commercials and I was just like, I've been getting screwed. But back to the the ice cream. Yeah. What I love about what you've done is cuz when I when you first did it and we're going to get into this whole that your your rug gun, I don't know what you call. It. I like calling it a rug gun right now.
0: I like calling it a rug gun too. It's
1: more fun. So the cool thing is is you could have just like gotten the iconography from the truck, which you you had posted up on the stories at one point, point, all the different, what they're supposed to look like, Sonic the Hedgehog, and, like, you know, all the different faces of the SpongeBob. You could have just, like, ripped them direct, but the fact that you were able to say, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the humanity in it is the fact that this ice cream, obviously, the people making this ice cream don't give a fuck, and there's not a lot of, I mean, it's going to look bad knowing in the to care. Yeah. And the fact that you were able to kind of, like, enjoy... The imperfect humanity of this, you know, perfectly reasonable thing is what's the best part.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love, I love when things are messed up like that. I love, and, and especially if they're messed up and they still work, that's even better. But like crumbling, urban decay, that kind of stuff, like it, it speaks to me in a way. I don't, I don't, I don't fully understand why, but I just really enjoy being in that space of just like, yeah, this thing's messed up, but like, you know, that's how it is and this is this is and 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 the ice creams they're messed up in such a familiar way that it is i don't know it's not like it's the point of the whole thing the point is to eat ice cream but like it's almost like a sec- like a mini game every time it's like what is it going to look like when i open the package this time it's so acceptably wrong you know
1: but there's something that we love about a mistake I mean yeah. we, you th- I mean you think I remember my wife and I went to uh Albuquerque New Mexico to visit her brother her, my brother-in-law her her brother and we were in this shop and I, and I would never buy tour, tourist stuff just because it's just like I know I mean I'm from New York you, you see that I love New York t-shirts everywhere and yeah. you're not know, buying them there was a t-shirt that says that said Albuquerque <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, said. My wife said, "Look, I think that's spelled wrong. This is Albuquerque." She goes, "Yeah, it is spelled <laughs> wrong." I said, "Get every XL there is." Yeah. I ended up leaving with five of them because uh... I wanted I wanted to wear this misspelled tourist yeah. shirt because the, it, this... to me it was like, "Hey, no one's wearing an Albuquerque t-shirt. No one's wearing an Albuquerque, New Mexico t-shirt. And Nobody." Yeah. And, it and, was even like, be-
0: and even better if people ask you, you'd be like, I got it in Albuquerque.
1: Well, like, the, the people were just like, they're <laughs> looking, they would look at the shirt and be like, ah, it doesn't really look like it it's look right. Great. You know, yeah. but there is something about that kind of like that, the, the loving. And that's what I see when I see, I see you, I see you do, do two things with the rugs. I see one is you're, you're almost making, you're making fun of it to a certain degree, but you're also celebrating the fact that, come on guys, Batman doesn't have eyes like that. Come on, man. Yeah. This is, you got to do better than this.
0: Yeah, I mean it you gotta do better than that. And also there's there's like there's an adorableness to it and 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 there's kind of like uh it's like an ugly dog, you know? Like yeah. you're just like, oh my god, like this. I love I love it. I love it. Like I saw I saw Third Eye Batman and like Melty Melty Michelangelo and I'm like, I love Melty Michelangelo. I want I like, you know, I care about this thing. Well like when you see pictures on the internet of where Where the, where the ice creams, like when people open them and they take a picture and it becomes viral, it's like, I love it. I love messed up, you know, it gets in your head and there's this, that human like need to like want to almost like take care of and celebrate this, this screwed up thing that didn't, that didn't ask, ask to be in the world, but here it is, you know?
1: That's the reason why people want three legged dogs. Yeah. My wife wants, so we saw these people with a two legged dog and the two legs were on the back and it was hopping. It was tiny. Yeah, and she says, "I need a two-legged dog." I'm like, "What do you need a two-legged dog for?" She, <laughs> she because she says, "I have the need to nurture a two-legged dog. Leave me alone." I'm like, "We're yeah. not going to find a two-legged dog. There will never be another two-legged dog for, for on the market. That is a hot commodity—a two-legged dog." And I think you're right. <laughs> I think that there is this. I think that there is this lust for nurturing this these kind of like pathetic situations.
2: Yeah.
0: No, totally. And and like I knew as soon as I felt that way about seeing one of those ice creams. I was in that nostalgia wave mixed with it and just like everything together. I was like, I got to explore this and just, and just start, you know, seeing, I think other people are going to connect in the same way. And that's, that's what's happening so far, especially with the rugs, the, the ice cream sandwich, like the big one was my first indication of people being like, oh my God, that's really cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I love ice cream sandwiches, but this is like, you know, no, I love weeping Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, oh yeah, that's like, it's like specifically that like you know formation of the thing so
1: I mean you got I mean the 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 you got you better I mean to the back of lack of a better word you better sew up the you better sew up the 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 uh the lap you know the uh injured ice creams I don't know what you gotta call it you gotta call it you have <laughs> to have a name yeah for like I don't, this I don't concept. Even know like,
0: like yeah
1: dilapidated ice cream or like you know pathetic I don't know what it is but it there's Let's talk about, how did you figure, this rug gun, explain yeah. what, how this thing works, this rug gun.
0: So, yeah, so it's a, it's essentially like an AK-47 sewing machine. <laughs> uh, it's like this big, beefy sewing needle on the front that you thread the yarn through. And, uh, sorry, give me one sec.
1: Go ahead. See? That's how it is here. There's a, we, we have Keith Deason. You got to listen, guys. You got to go follow Keith Deason on Instagram. Keith Deason, go go to his YouTube page, and he's back.
0: Yeah, back. And uh, so it's a, it's like an AK-47 sewing machine. It's got this big sewing head on it, and there's two types. There's one type that I have is a cut pile rug, which has a second head that comes out and snips the yarn after it's been pushed through the, uh, the backing material. And the backing material is stretched like a canvas, and it's typically something called monk's cloth, or uh, I use burlap now because it's significantly cheaper than monk's, monk's cloth, right? Um, and they, uh, yeah, and it, it it moves in its own way. It's it's like working with a jigsaw in that it, it's unidirectional. It can it can go in any direction as long as that direction is up, you know. Oh. so you, you you spin it around and you kind of turn it with like one of the handles rotates and. just go look up rug tufting gun. Anybody like who wants to take a second, you'll find a a bunch of videos of people just using them and you'll get the entirety of, of how it works just by like the preview for the video. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very complicated little mechanism for a not very complicated uh, process.
1: Because I think, I mean, my wife has struggled with the sewing machine. The Mm -hmm. the problems that come from sewing machines, it's like, it's too much for me. Like I get like, It when the the bobbin and the thing and the threads got to go like this and it's not catching it, it, I like I shake, I put my hand, I put my hands up. I can't do this. I can't, I, I don't even want to, I can't even help. She said, Do you know how to fix this? I'm like, I have no idea. You're just going to have to figure something out. I would imagine that it takes a lot of time to make one of those rugs.
0: It's about, um, I mean, for the size I was doing, which is like a 36 inch square essentially, uh, it takes me probably four or five hours to lay down all the, uh, all the initial, huh. it's a multi-stage process. So you gotta you got you know, come up with a design, obviously, and then transfer it to, the, bit, to, the, to the, the cloth somehow, which could be either just drawing it straight on there or using a projector or I use one of those old overhead projectors with the transparencies. right? Um, and that's only a product of the fact that I have a, a laser printer so I can print on the transparencies. Uh, and actually I actually have a box of old this is exactly what you're talking about, using what I have. I have a box of old transparencies that I used to use for something else a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, I can run those through my printer and I can use the overhead projector. There we go. Uh, so you get stuff onto the, onto the cloth, you set it up and then, um, you lay down all the, all the, all the, all the yarn essentially into it with the gun and then it's all braided up, but you can still pull it out. You know, it's just, it's just like pushed through the fabric. Uh, so you got to glue the back with some glue. And then after that, you can either leave it like that. Or I like to put an extra backing onto it and cut it all out nicely and, Trim it up with uh with hair with, uh, shears with uh I use a uh, uh, just a twenty dollar like haircut razor that I got at the pharmacy.
1: And 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 how do you how do you know to get it, how does it is it hard to keep it level, or do you have to um, just like be real careful?
0: Oh, when you're doing the gun, you mean? Or no, uh, when
1: you're doing the razor at the end.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's not as hard. It I don't know I I I don't know how anybody else does it. it a lot of people use sheep shears that you can get online, and they um, they have a lot more of like a bottom plate going on, so you don't like gouge the sheep, I guess right but uh for me it's not that difficult it seems like i just kind of keep my hand level and go across and you know if i make a mistake i just try not to do that next time
1: so in your mind when you see these rugs do you see them on the floor do you see them on the wall how do you see these rugs being put i don't want to say hungs i'm not sure if you think they're art
0: no i think they're art um I think, I mean, I'm I'm really uh, apologetic for art. I think anything that anybody wants to say is art is art, and there's no point in in arguing that because like, you know, it doesn't hurt art to have more stuff be art, you know?
1: Boy, I, you don't listen to what I say.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have a lot of specific feelings on, on various art forms and arts and stuff like that, but I think that it's a useless argument to have no matter how you feel about it. You know what I mean?
1: I, with that said, because my, my listeners are being like, Fader better fucking say something. Because for, for years, my hot take in the in the knife world is knives aren't art. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I almost see myself as like, the, it's like the riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone to say, I want someone to, I, I want someone to tell me why it is. People just get mad. And they don't like say, here's the reason why it's art, this, 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 and this. So I, can't say, I, want people to t- I want people to convince me otherwise. I think that there are some things that aren't art. I, I, I don't see my knives as art. But at the same time, some people, they say it because maybe they don't know about art and they want to give me a compliment. That, you know. Yeah, that happens a That's lot, a compliment. People are
0: like, oh, you're an artist. And it's like, oh, okay.
1: Well, I mean, as you know, people who don't understand what you're doing and want to give you the highest compliment are going to say that's art, you're an artist. Yeah. As opposed to saying, you know, even if you're a craftsman, you know, th- th- there's this there's this pecking order between artists and craftsmen that I don't understand. But at the same time, it's like it's almost, you know, when you refer to someone as an artist, you're almost it's almost code for genius, or it's sometimes almost,
0: s- sometimes it's kind of code for you know, a useless asshole. <laughs> well, as <laughs> a, co-
1: well, that's true. <laughs> but as a compliment, when somebody's saying artist is a compliment, they're really saying you're a genius.
0: Yeah, it's true. When someone calls you an artist, it's a big compliment. Right. When you call yourself an artist, people don't usually take it as you uh, uh, over grandizing yourself. They they take it as, like, you know, it seems very pretentious, and it seems like, like you know what I mean? It doesn't oh, yeah. have the same—it's almost like you're calling yourself a genius to people, and you're like, yeah, okay, right. knock it down a little bit, buddy, you know?
1: Well, I mean, that's 100% true, but in regards to what is art and what isn't art— I just say it as a hot take, but I'm also wi- I'm waiting for someone to say this is the reason why knives are art, and I'm going to explain it to you. And I'm expressing yeah, myself. but
0: no, no one's going to be able to do that, though. I mean, I I also have very specific feelings about what isn't isn't art. All I'm saying is that I don't have that argument anymore because it's a useless argument.
1: It is a useless argument, but at the same time, I want someone to say something. You want, I want someone, someone?
0: You want to- someone to 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 to. to Galaxy bring you and blow your mind open, and so you, then you can start seeing knives as art. Like they, I want... don't
1: need my mind blown. I just need someone to use some nuanced words and explain it in a way that I'll say, you know what, you make a very good point. I'm t- that's why, the one why, thing
0: I'm, I'm interested in. Why that is, like uh, why why?
1: I'll tell do you. you want, do
0: you do you want to see knives as art, but you don't? No. Is that like
1: I went to the blade show once, and I got three guys introduce themselves as knife artists. Now yeah. when I'm thinking about a knife artist, there was an old uh sculptor by the name of Armand, I don't know if you know him, and he's kind of up your alley because he would take axes and he'd weld axes together to create like a school of fish. Mm-hmm. And he would take knives and he would weld them all and make like a wave. Did he, he
0: did he didn't he didn't do the hammerhead shark, did he?
1: I'm not 100% sure, but I just remember in college seeing a picture. He took all these axes, welded them all together in this, you know, like a school of fish. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, the guy's an axe artist. So when so yeah, people yeah. were saying to me, I'm a knife artist, I'm expecting to see some sculpture of fucking knives. <laughs> yeah, what do you and, turn them into then? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So but so the problem was, was you know, it it it, it got to the point where it was just like, why are these people calling themselves artists when they're just, you know, they're making knives, but they're just like making the same thing that everybody else is making? And I just thought, I need to if I'm going to get invited back on these podcasts, these knife podcasts, I got to say something. It's I got so to, <laughs> I, I need a good hot take that isn't like oh, I'm for or against abortion. I can't do yeah, that. Oh God, yeah, no. <laughs> I need something that's an easy. A not very controversial thing. I was like, okay, yeah. well, knife making is an art. Boy, did I get I got a lot of people mad. However, nobody ever. The only person who's ever said anything to me was Neil Camamora, and the only thing he said to me was, "Fader doesn't know what he's talking about." And that was it. And he's like, if I say it's art, it's art. I'm just like, whatever Neil wants. I, I'm 100 percent with him. I love whatever he does, whatever you, whatever you say. And it, what it came down to, especially when like my kid was young, I wanted to, I wanted for her to be able to express herself. And what I started to do was I started to not argue with her, but I wanted her to turn me. I was never one to say, this, this is my way or the only way. I yeah. wanted her to, we started to debate at the table and it drove my wife crazy because she thought we were just yelling, arguing. And what I said was, I want her to use her brain and her words to debate me and persuade me. Because I'm, I'm totally willing to say, you know what, you're right. You make a very good point here. I want her to be able to express herself. And that's what I want makers to be able to do I want them to be able to not only express themselves with whatever they're making but I want them to be able to express themselves in the sense that this isn't a this isn't a mistake there's yeah, a lot of people to, who say artists, to be able to back it up I want you to be able to say this is this is intentional This wasn't a, people there's still people who think that Jackson Pollock was just dropping paint. They don't realize that every single color was a different pattern. And then there was a language and every different color was a different pattern. Every different pattern created a language. And then he created a sentence based on the different, you know, there was like a key almost. I want people to say, I want people to say something and express themselves in a way that makes me think they know what they're talking about and they know what they're doing. Or... Yeah. Say I'm an artist. Just say I'm an artist. And you, that I don't think it's I don't it's not enough for me. I want because I have such a respect for people who are creative, I want them to be able to and they don't have I want them to express themselves in a nuanced way where I'm like, I know I like what that guy's doing, I like what he has to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's in in the craft world especially, like uh the thing about YouTube and the and the maker community and stuff is that it's this nexus of all these different worlds and right. We all operate on kind of the same playing field when it comes to making content, you know, like we're all in the same place doing essentially the same thing in in, in our own various idioms and whatnot. But like, you know, so so it kind of becomes this 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 giant melting pot of all these like, you know, you get knife makers and woodworkers and artists and painters and, and digital guys and 3D printers and stuff like that. But we're all just making videos about making stuff. You know, we're taking the same steps. So it becomes interesting because there's a lot of overflow and a lot of blending of what we all do, and you don't end up – it's not as segregated as it it feels like, but everyone kind of goes back to their own world after that of like it's just the knife makers at the knife maker conference or on this podcast or whatever, and they have to like defend themselves again as a knife maker. But when we all interact as people who make content, it's it's a different uh, story, you know?
1: Well, the real thing is, is like, if you go to, if you go to school and you become an art major, you have to defend your work. That's like yeah. That's like day one shit. You that's have what, to that's defend what the, your that's work. That's what the
0: comments don't bother me that much because it's like oh, it's a critique with, with a bunch of idiots, you know. Like. But
1: that's that's the thing that that's the thing that you learn at the first day of critique is you have to be you can't just you can't just say something you have to even if you critique something you have to give constructive criticism or the reason why you feel the same way. Yeah. So if someone says you're just an asshole, that's really that doesn't mean anything. But yeah. at the same time, on day one. You say to somebody, "Why did you make this decision?" And if the Mm -hmm. if the artist says, "I did it because it's cool," they throw you out. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good enough. It's not a good enough reason.
0: I know. Except for me, like for me, that's a good enough reason. You know, that's the thing. That's a a thing I have with art school and just art education in general, and just the art world. I think is that that need for a reason becomes uh, a burden, and uh, and people become a bullshit artist essentially. Because they get really good at giving you the reason, no matter what the art actually looks like or is, or 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 how they actually came up with it, you know.
1: But but with you, but it's different with you. And i try I'm not to not do, I try to I, I
0: try to do the opposite. Specifically, me, like I try to, you know, I try to just let the thing be what it is, and and my reasoning kind of sink to the background for it. Maybe people get it. Maybe people don't. But I want people to connect to it on their own terms. You know, on the other side of what I'm doing.
1: But, and, you're, but you know. the direction of making it for content is different than putting some sort of value on it. Yeah. Because for sure. when you're making it for content, you can ha- you don't have to say anything. You can say I'm making it because it's cool, or make it because I want to. Yeah. You don't have to defend yourself. And you, yes, obviously, if you don't you don't you don't just if you don't have to if you want to be an artist, you don't have to defend the decisions that you're making. However, when you come up to me and say I'm a knife artist. I need some fucking, I need some, you got to elaborate. Yeah, no,
0: because you're standing next to a guy who's a knife maker and you made almost the same exact, but you made almost almost the same exact thing. Like, why are you an artist and he's not? You should at least be able to answer that question.
1: I'm just saying, I'm just saying that for the, for argument's sake, when you say something, if if you learn how to do, if you learn how to do plumbing on YouTube, Mm -hmm. I learned how to do plumbing on YouTube and I did the plumbing. I've learned how to sweat pipes. I learned how to do all this stuff, but I'm not a plumber.
0: You're not a pipe artist.
1: I'm not a plumber either. I'm not a. I did. I did make. I did. You know what? I did the first thing I did after I learned how to sweat pipes. I made a menorah out of pot out of uh, copper pipes.
0: So you are a knife artist. No, i not, I'm a, not pipe, a, a pipe I, artist. I might I mean. <laughs> be. I
1: might be a pipe artist. But I see. I think all that. I fall. All that stuff falls under. All that stuff falls under. Uh, um, um, what the fuck does it come up? Yeah, you could. Yeah, fucking around. I mean, I... I yeah, yeah. You don't. You, uh, you don't. You can just lop that into making sculpture you know but at the same time it's look ultimately i just like a little bit i like it i like it when people are a little bit more i think that when people are expressing themselves i don't want it to just be visual i want them to have be able to tell me why they're doing something it makes it makes it more enjoyable it makes me think you care more
0: i'd rather have it explained to me than have you be trying to prove yourself in a way you know like uh yeah. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have the answer than you telling me, you know, whatever story you've come up with that validates you, you know?
1: I, I mean, when I look at I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you've I don't know if you have Disney Plus. I do. You should definitely watch the movie Wolfgang. The documentary okay. about Wolfgang Puck. And it was so inspiring to me, I lost my goddamn mind. I was up until like 12 o'clock watching this goddamn Wolfgang Puck. And the here's the reason why. Even if you're because He grew up in this place. He grew up in this, this, I'll give you the synopsis. He grew up in Austria. His stepfather was an asshole. He left the house. He was miserable. People said he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He learned how to do, he learned how to become a chef. He ends up going to California in the heyday of the 70s when no one knew how to cook. He used his European techniques in, in the United States. He changed the way. He brought his expertise to a place that really needed it. And he blossomed and he changed He changed people's thoughts, changed people, the, he changed people and expressed himself the way he knew how to do in front of people who didn't understand it. And he, it's a very, very inspiring movie, uh, documentary, even if you don't care about, he does not talk about food that much. He's just talking about how he did what he did and the decisions that he made. And you see this ability, you see this evolution of the, coming from a very sincere place. And I, I, I found it to be, like I said, I found it to be very inspiring. And I, and I found it to be inspiring because the decisions that he made were not based on trends. He, it was not based on the, you know, the idea of the moment, but it was about yeah. his experience and then the short evolutions of the things that he did. Mm-hmm. He's he's very famous because he, he, uh, he made, um, one of the things he's most famous for is making a smoked salmon pizza. So the whole thing was he when he came to california he was just like well i'm not making austrian food and i'm not making french food i'm in california so we're going to call it, you know california cuisine and there was a lot of pizza he's making pizzas and then one night uh jackie collins is famous oh, uh, famous uh actor on tv came in and she wanted smoked salmon on a bagel or smoked salmon on a brioche or whatever they ran out of brioche yeah. so he's like well what can we do you can't you know disappoint this woman so he threw a pizza dough in and then put the smoked salmon on a little creme fraiche a little you know the smoked salmon all of a sudden it's just like it's the hottest thing in the the menu it's basically a giant bagel with smoked salmon but at the same time it was like it was these decisions based on these short short steps and i see that with your work i see that with your work these genuine and sincere steps and i see it in a way that i love in your um catalog of youtube videos uh one of the things about it being an artist is is you see these you you get to see the receipts, you know? That's yeah. the thing about when you're looking at artists and looking at the way they're going. It's not nothing's really truly random. Mm-hmm. Um so you get to see these steps and I know that you had said before that you didn't really like the ice cream sandwich lamp and I understand, but at the same time you get to see you get to see the artist's notebook for the most part in regards to your your YouTube page and your Instagram and I think that that's really great.
0: Yeah, it kind of ends up as kind of a live sketchbook of sorts, you know. Especially the way I work, it's uh, I make a lot of finished products, but on on the the other hand, I also make a lot of stuff that is not intended to really be a finished project product so much as it is a learning project, you know, or something that I just have an inspiration for that I know will just get added to the library of things in my brain, and, and
1: then I document it, and it just it just lives out there. But they clearly lead to something else, like your guitars, for example. I love the guitars because you see this transition. And, you know, I was thinking about it um, when we were talking about how you ended up getting a kit for the last one. I don't think it really matters. I think that you saw in the second uh, your plywood guitar you saw the problems and then for your third one you got the 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 kit to to use parts of it but at the same time it's like it still was this learning progression and I, and I feel like there's going to be more guitars out of you.
0: Oh totally and I thought the the reason I got the kit also I mean besides the fact that my friend contacted me uh, who makes the kits and was like I'm I want you to I want you to use one of my kits for your next guitar. Oh, nice. Was um I was thinking about doing it anyway because uh, I, I done it from scratch with almost no instruction and from garbage on my floor. And I know how hard that is to get it to, to be a guitar. Right. And I know everything that's wrong with that one. And so, so what I wanted to do is instead of just trying to like build on that one step, you know, and, and fix the things that were wrong, I want to go way, just swing it way in the opposite direction and be like, I'm going to use a kit and see what's great about a kit and how that goes together and what problems still overlap, you know, like, is is it hard? To, is it like is my alignment off? Are the strings off? Whatever. Like if I got the same thing wrong on both guitars, that's something I definitely have to work on next time I'm building it. No matter what I'm doing, you know.
1: But the thing is, is like you still lose. You see that that. I don't want to say ignorance, but I did a, my first railing I ever did. I'd never worked at a, at a railing shop before. Yeah. I never worked at a as a blacksmith. I got the opportunity to weld up this uh, railing, to build this railing from nothing, and I had no preconceived notions of what I didn't know about uh, code. I didn't know about what it's supposed to look like. I just got to do what I wanted to do without the trappings of of what it's supposed to be. And yeah. To this day, I mean, when I went to a metal shop and I learned how to make railings, I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot show pictures of this." But then, yeah. after being in two metal shops and seeing the stuff we were doing, I was just like, "That's still my favorite railing." And I, and at the same time, it's like, you know, obviously you want things to get better, but there's there's something about that that plywood, the plywood guitar that's just it's got some it's got so much character.
0: Yeah, well, it's entirely its own. Piece. And it, it is entirely its own character too. Like, like you said, it's it's just built out of out of ignorance essentially. Like, can I make can I make a guitar out of what I have? You know, with yeah. with almost no working knowledge of how to build a guitar, other than I've played guitar, I know basically what they're supposed to be like, and I have one printout that tells me what the what the cord length is supposed to be in, in inches. You know, that's about it.
1: Yeah, that actually, I was that when you were putting the frets on, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the the guitar, the uh, plywood guitar. I was just like. Oh my God, how is he going to put all these frets on? I I didn't. I had no idea. Did you glue them on? I had no idea how you like those, attached all those um, bars.
0: I actually ordered fret wire for that. I had a couple of ideas prior to that of what to use, and they weren't good for someone who was making a first guitar, idea-wise. Like the old, um, the old uh, cigar box guitars, a lot of those guys used to use uh, finish nails. Uh, huh. They would just carve a little groove and glue in a finish nail, and that was that was where... You know the fret was, yeah. And um, so I kind of was like, oh, I have brass wire, I have all this kind of stuff, I can I can use some metal in there. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't really stay in. It's a whole thing. And I really like the frets are something you want to get right, you know. Yeah. And so I ended up uh, I was like, you know what? They sell fret wire. It's super cheap, and it's got like a little a little tail on the bottom of it. You know, it's, right. it's, it's shaped like a mushroom, and you kind of hammer in the stem into the groove. And so that's like it was like all right, you know, I'll save I'll save some time on this, and not have to manufacture this myself.
1: See, but this is the the struggle, and you documenting the struggle, and the iterations is what's going to be great. It's it's that it's to see where it comes from. And 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 now I realize, uh, twenty four hours later, and I'll tell you why at the end of this, <laughs> at the end of this podcast. Why twenty four hours later? I never, I never, I never. I interrupted you when I asked you what you're going to do with the rugs. You know, you have these beautiful rugs. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. you, you cut them. I'll just just to, just to kind of give the, the audience an idea, you know, not only were they these beautiful rugs of, you know, this, you know, imperfect uh, images of this ice cream, it's like taking it through filters to get to this uh, object, but you actually cut them out in the shape of what they are, which which leads me to believe that they are for the floor. My grandmother, my wife's grandmother, had used to send us needlepoint rugs, mm-hmm. and they were in specific shapes, and you get this feeling that they're meant to be on on the floor or whatever. But when I started to think about what you're doing, it's made me think, I, is it supposed to, should it be on the floor, or should it be on the wall? And then I started thinking about, like, when you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and you go see the old Renaissance tapestries, the idea that maybe this isn't supposed to be on the floor. Maybe this is supposed to be hung on a wall. And I was really interested in what you, where you see these being placed.
0: I I would just like them to live how they're going to live out in the world. You know, I make the object, it is a rug. So in theory, it is made to go on the floor. Um, but you know, if somebody wants to pay me the price for an art rug essentially that, and then put it on the floor that's on them, I guess. Um, putting them on a wall is, is fine with me. Like I was like to display these ones that I have left over and the ones I make in the future, I'm probably going to hang them up just for, uh, you know, so they it'll get dirty if I sell them or so yeah. I can, just for the sake of saving space as, as well. Um, But I really, I'm interested. I was also thinking about it afterwards because you did ask me that question. I was like, I hadn't actually thought about what people should do with them. I'm just going to leave it up to anybody who who, who gets one because uh,
1: now it's an interesting point because now it's going to determine how you, you for the la- for lack of a better word I mean when you put them up to use the rug gun you are makes, basically stretching it like a canvas yeah. and then you when you're thinking about what's the border what's I mean the the latest one you did which was for the 4th of July which was the bomb pops mm-hmm. it really had this feeling of um uh Andy um pop art War, andy warhol Walhart, 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 Wal, <laughs> andy andy warhol Walhor, yeah, andy warhol warhol yeah uh, warhol andy warhol warhol i don't know why i had <laughs> a problem Walhor. with andy it. warhol it's because yeah. it it's like because we were saying i was thinking about warhol <laughs> yeah, i was thinking yeah, yeah, about no, I but i mean there is a, there is a, a pop art quality andy warhol quality to the a bomb pop pop bomb pops and i'm wondering if that's going to affect how you, you know, why you, you figured out how to do this, you got your idea, you have this thing, and I can just, you can just tell that there's a million ideas this way. Is it, at some point, is it gonna be positioned in a frame, or there seems to be that kind of question that it found sounds exciting to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's the kind of stuff I kind of figure out as I go a lot of the times. I mean, I'm only a, about a month and, and change into making rugs in the first place, you know? Um, so that kind of stuff I feel like will, will figure itself out. I really do like the uh, the prospect of the floor as a showroom space for, for art, you know? Because yeah. it's not something you do, and rugs go on the floor. And we all, you know, not everybody, but there are parts in most of, in most of our living spaces, like a corner here or there or something that you don't really... It's not a high-traffic area, so to speak, you right. know? Or a guest bathroom, you could put a really funky floor mat in there or something like that, you know, something... Along those lines, inside a inside a room you don't go in very often, or these are these are upstate people issues more than than, right. than city city people I, issues.
1: See, but to me, if I mean I want one, you know, there's just like you know I want one, but I know that if I had one, I couldn't put it in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, no, the bathroom's know? a bit much because it's that's like asking for it.
1: I mean, it's like I mean, what do you? I mean, once it's in the bathroom one time, I mean, then all of a sudden it's, it can't go. It's staying yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. No, exactly. No, but yeah, you're not you're not
0: dragging it to different and be like, well, it used to be in the room where I where I take dumps. Now it's here and right and right on the right, wall.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So, a pardon that there's a motorcyclist going back and forth from my shop. No, that's Oakley.
0: fine. We we started right before right after the uh, the motorcycle parade went by here too.
1: That's fine. Yeah. So one of the things about. Uh, We were going to talk about is in when I watch your videos, I said in the beginning that there was this, you know, in the, in the original videos, in the, in the original YouTube videos, there wasn't any uh, voiceovers. Yeah, There weren't any, you would just play music and, and you would watch. And then after a while it seemed as though you made the videos and then you started doing voiceover explaining what was happening. But what was really cool to me was it almost seems as though you were making the videos and then doing the voiceover so far after you did the editing you almost (laughs) didn't know what you were doing so when you were commenting on the videos it was almost like you were looking at it for the first time
0: yeah that's um it wasn't intentional but as soon as i did it once it kind of became intentional after that uh because it just felt better like when you watch a lot of my my videos aren't necessarily step-by-step diy tutorials because a lot of the stuff I make, people aren't going to make, and if they are, I've got a build guide for it, or I put something up on Instructables, and you can go, you can go build it for yourself. So really, what's the use in me telling you something that you can go read or print out and, and make it yourself? So for me, it's more of like a reaction video to my a reaction uh, to my own video. You know, like yeah. you get a lot of people who do, especially now with TikTok and stuff, you get reaction duets and whatnot, where the person's like talking through what's going on in the video. So then I just do that to my own video sometimes a year, sometimes six weeks after I've already shot all the footage and gotten the thing out the door. And it just, it feels a lot more natural. It feels better just to be talking about like why I'm doing what I'm doing, behind the scenes kind of stuff, make some jokes about it, what worked, what didn't work, what I'll do next time. Because I feel like that information is more valuable to a video watcher who wants to be inspired uh, and learn a little bit more so than and now you cut this to six and three quarter inches, and then you got to cut this 30 degree bevel here, you know, like that's that, that kind of stuff can go into text document, you know?
1: Yeah, but it's, but it makes it hilarious.
0: Yeah, I, it's, I try to be, I try to be funny. It's, it's my sense of humor is uh, pretty dry and, uh, and self deprecating for it. But, uh, I, I get a lot of people who, who message me from England and say, I can't believe you're not British with your sense of humor.
1: Yeah, but you know what though? Going back to your whole comic book thing, it is very Peter Parker. Like I always think that when I hear and I know you're a big Spider-Man fan, when I hear the the way you talk especially on your videos and you do your 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 self-deprecating jokes in your commentary, there is a Peter Parker, old school Peter Parker. We're not talking about new, we're not talking about good-looking yeah. Peter Parker. We're talking about old school Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, yeah, damaged <laughs> damaged nerd Peter Parker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 I mean that's the best part about Peter Parker is he's this kid who's you know, he's using humor as this weird defense mechanism. I mean, that was the original Peter Parr, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it was always like he wasn't meant to be hilarious. It was just this awkward kid, you Mm -hmm. know, and and when I hear you doing your voiceover work, this motorcycle, I swear to God, I swear to God. <laughs> swear just, to God. Hold on one second. You know what? Everyone, listen. I, I, I tell you what. This has been not the greatest. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just do one quick thing. I'm, not, I'm leaving this in as I'm just going to close this door. Okay, maybe we won't hear as much motorcycle. What can you do? This is has this hasn't been this has been. I'll tell you one thing. This has been a fun episode, but it's taken like 24 hours, and then yeah. now all of a sudden we're ready to roll, and then there's this motorcycle outside. After
0: after after like the week you've had with episodes, I felt bad.
1: <laughs> well, look. This is the funny this this whole podcasting thing is hilarious and, and for me it's more important to be kind of consistent but I, I the guests have been really really great and it's been fun especially having you on so what do you what do you what are you looking forward to what is it's now here's oh wait by, before I say what that okay. you were saying I saw on either on Instagram or something that people were giving you a little bit of like people didn't like the rugs. Were you getting like commentary? about oh, yeah, people criticizing I mean, you about that?
0: My original, my original following on Instagram and YouTube was because I, I was doing pretty much woodworking from the beginning. Was woodworkers, you know, and and woodworkers being basically a uh, a subset of uh, twenty to eighty uh, five year old white dudes. Um, they have a rep a rep on the internet that they seem to to want to maintain, which is if you are not doing the thing I want you to do, then I am going to tell you about it tell you how you're wrong and demand that you go back to doing the thing that I like watching you do. So, you know, and while they have filtered out over the years, there are still people who have this mindset of like, they, they get to control what I do on online or anywhere, you know, what I do online is what I do in my life. It's not like I'm putting on a thing. Like this is just how I spent my day, you know? And uh, yeah, people, people give you a little bit of shit. I think I lost when I did the first, I did like three rug posts in a row on Instagram and lost like 300 followers or something like that. Really? Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, that's bizarre kind of a big who cares really but like but the support I get from the people that actually understand me and what I'm doing and it's a lot better than than any of that anyway like I guarantee not one of the 300 people had like shared or commented or or just reached out to me at all before that almost at all ever you know
1: I you know I I part of me believes that a lot of it is that I really believe that some people who watch things don't really know what you don't really understand the process. And yeah. if you start to do things, like I have I have friends of mine who do stuff, and if I don't, I mean, I wouldn't just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the only time I unfollow people is when they go a little bit berserk. I mean, usually it's like the very, 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 it's you know, usually people who like, who clearly didn't go to school and then they're trying to teach me with memes. Yeah. That's yeah. like my number one. In the pandemic,
0: on. a lot of people sort of pivoted to that.
1: <laughs> it's the stupidest way to teach somebody. Because what it comes down to is people they you they find they'll find the meme and then they it'll 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 mm-hmm. they'll say, Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Then I'll repost it. And then subconsciously, what you're telling people is this is my this is attributed to me. I want you to attribute this to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I want, you to, I want like, you
0: to praise me for this idea too. That's the best part when people are like, "Oh my god," like, they you, you get people get so proud when people are like, "Oh, they they like my meme." It's like, yeah, but all you did was just hit repos. You didn't do
2: anything
1: else. It's it's but it is I I do know some people who are try who have tried to be uh, news sites. They've tried yeah. to be these little satellite news sites. I actually know a few people. Who are they reposting stories or they're commenting on the world news? And it's, you know, and it's interesting because it is this like, you know, do we need your opinion? Maybe, maybe not. But at the same time, it's like you're you're also a lot of times in talking as an artist. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I think is important to be as an artist. And and we talked about Independence Day before Mm -hmm. it's the idea to kind of like think and then try to come up with some nuanced way of saying something as opposed to just using these buzzwords that people live, love to use and you know these trendy opinions and then it's it just it just seems very awkward but what it says to me is is like if you do you you, you have to do something you have to do exactly what people want all the time that's crazy
0: yeah and you can't you can't do that like that's just that's like death you know like if i'm just I mean, good on anybody who can make, like, period furniture, the same five pieces over and over for the rest of their life, or have, like, a couple of great ideas of of art pieces to make, and they just follow that thread and and make multiples and do production runs of that stuff. Like, that's great. I can't do that. That's not me. That's never been me. And, like, anybody who's been following me for any length of time should have a general understanding that that's not who I am. So, like, I don't know what they're expecting, you know?
1: But, and with that said... Your podcast from the ground up is very formulaic in yeah. the, in the in the sense of like you write every episode and then you read the episodes out.
0: Oh yeah, it is unabashedly a a niche ripoff of like ninety nine percent invisible and like Radiolab and kind of a little bit of This American Life and stuff like that. It's that kind of show um, about you know making stuff, which I always right. thought there's there's so many good maker podcasts and, and there's so many. Not as great maker podcasts, but that's just the nature of podcasts, you know. Um, but there are in every genre, like the interview podcast, you're killing it. There's so many good uh versions of the interview podcast. Brandon's got a great one. Um, you know, the guys that uh, like because we make they have a great one. Um, and then there's the good what I call like the three headed uh, the three headed maker podcast, which is like three talking heads. And they just talk about whatever's on their, on their bench or what are they're doing or topics of the day. And there's so many good ones of that, but there wasn't like a good, just scripted informational storytelling version yeah. of, of a podcast for people who like to make stuff or like to dabble in making stuff or just like the, you know, the, the people that watch this old house and also like maybe do their own plumbing and also just wonder like, where did plywood come from? You know? Yeah. So that's what I just started doing, and it, it worked out. I did that as a result of the voiceovers, actually, because I was nervous about doing the voiceovers on the video at first, and I did one. I was nervous because I did one, and I did a step-by-step instructional how to do the thing that I'm showing you how to do on screen, and it was awful. It's just it's a, it's still up. It's a terrible video. It's, like, it's called the Super Simple Side Table, and it's just like a camping stool with a tray on the top, essentially. And uh, I didn't like it. It wasn't good for me, so I started just talking my way through like we were talking about the the voiceovers and people were like i i can listen to you talk about anything i just want to hear you talk about stuff like those are the messages i would get from people huh. and i was like okay well like let's put that to the test and then the the, the, the put the podcast and it's doing it does really well for for as as often as i don't uh put an episode out it's uh i get a lot of people who would like to hear more and always want always ask me you know they're like i know that you, no one wants to, to hear this question, but you know, when's the next episode coming out? Because I really miss your podcast.
1: Podcasts are so great when they're when they're frequent, and the re, I'm just saying this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm oh, not okay, push, fine. Not pointing i pointing the figures. message. Yeah, I I'm right. not. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you the way it is because I remember yeah. when I used to drive to a job, I would listen to the radio, and when they went on vacation or they or something or somebody was out. Mm. It fucked everything up. Yeah. Like I had this I had this whole thing of like I would drive to uh the, the shop, I'd listen to Opie and Anthony, I would I would listen to Opie and Anthony on K Rock in the morning and by the time the job was done I could hear the replay of them on XM on the way home. So it was the timing was perfect, but at the yeah. same time if they went on vacation or, or, or like Howard Stern's on vacation for the whole summer now. Yeah. And it's like it fucks you up. It fucks you up because I and and trust me when when there's no when uh, knife talks late or if this episode is late the DMs start. early. Oh yeah,
0: they start yeah right they away. They start yeah. early and it
1: wears the podcast. Don't you understand? I have a long drive ahead of me. What is going on? Derek from Alden years ago, when he listened to Knife Talk, <laughs> calls me up for, in Boston at like six o'clock in the morning saying, hey, listen, I don't mean to bother you, but I'm waiting for your podcast. Can you? When is it coming on? And, you know, Craig's in France. Well, who knows? Whatever. Yeah. Who knows what's going on? And... and and Derek is yelling at me where's the podcast? i need this I'm in traffic and i need the I need to listen to this podcast. What is going on i'm like i all of a sudden i'm customer service but it, there too. is this whole thing that people i mean radio the, one of the things about the maker podcast in general is people just don't they never had an understanding of what radio was yeah. in terms of interviewing people and and also just you know i i to be honest with you, I get sick of what are you working on today like yeah when so we do, do I, when to I an talk extent. I kind of there are. I there come are up few, with like.
0: There's a few people who I actually do want to know what they're working on. Pretty much once a week, but outside of that, it's kind of like okay, like um, you know.
1: I always and this is a this is if you're listening if you listen to knife talk you will know i always come up with i'll say craig will say what have you been up to jeff And i'll say oh it's crazy and then i'll come up with some cock i'll say i made a couple knives but then this guy came into my shop and he was an anti-vaxxer and i threw him out i'll tell <laughs> those fucking i'll come yeah. up with something that like really happened but it's going to be like nobody needs to know i was hand sanding all day it's just like no exactly
0: and that's part of why i did the podcast the way i do it is because like People forget about the storytelling aspect of it. Like, when you listen to any sort of podcast, what you're engaging in is the stories. Right. When someone's being interviewed, like, they could be, you know, a self-help guru who's got everything in the world to say about, like, you know, how you can take care of yourself or whatever. But if they tell a really great story, that's what you're going to pretty much walk away with from that, that episode of that podcast, you know?
1: When you create chemistry in a podcast with a conversation, this is... I always say this, Joe Rogan ruined podcasting for a lot of podcasters because <laughs> they don't realize. I stopped listening to him re, uh, with a, a few years ago. I was on the Joe Rogan train early, and then it was just like, it's enough already. I, I got it. I yeah,
0: got he's, it. he definitely. Uh, it's enough already. He's evolved, I got he's evolved into something entirely different.
1: I, it's like, it gets, I mean, it gets a little exhausting, to be honest with you. But at the yeah. same time, God bless you. But what he but what he made people think is that you can just talk for three hours mm-hmm. and people are gonna listen. Oh yeah. But it is but what he does is he creates these moments of chemistry and that's what you're listening to. And and the thing is with the interviews is like what I try to do is what I don't want is it to be like an interrogation. Sometimes mm-hmm. guests sometimes some of my guests wanna be they want an answer, or some of them, I want them I want people to meander like what you and I are doing. I want this meandering and like you end up finding more about the person than as opposed to like these pat stories. And the other thing is, is, people go on these maker podcasts and they say the same goddamn thing they say on every single other one. I've said and it a hundred times. Like,
0: if I got to hear how Jimmy Duresta got started in making one more fucking time, I'm going to lose dude, my mind. I, he's
1: he he loves he likes his podcast. He's got an open invite, and I'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm dreading it because oh, he's,
0: he's so he's I, done, no, he's so easy to talk to about anything. No no no,
1: no. I I know him I know yeah, him He I and mean, I talk I yeah. know him. But I want to make sure that it isn't like the same mm-hmm. goddamn things he's on everything else, and I, and that's what I get like yeah. I get like real. T- when I had Alex Steele on, I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be like all the other ones he isn't on, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got to be like, I'm going to hold off with Jimmy for a while, but I, he's got an open invite, he knows, and yeah. I got his number, I you know, and it'd be great, it'll be great. But I have to like really think about how I'm going to do it because I don't want it to be like every single other one. You should
0: have uh, Derek from Malden on. And then when it's time to post the podcast, just post it like four hours late.
1: I he is going to come on. I talked to him before one of the weekends. He was you know he's on this big project with you. to uh, do this big TV show. Oh yeah, Jimmy. I was just I was,
0: I was just up there after they wrapped uh, for the fireworks on the fourth.
1: What a what a production! It, what it, a production the thing is.
0: That was crazy. I was up there and like because uh, Jimmy had everyone kind of come up for go kart time to hang oh, yeah. out at his at his go kart track that he has, and uh, that was fun. I showed some people some rug tufting. I brought the equipment up and. I probably sold four machines, uh, for, for the company that has no idea I exist. And, um, yeah. So afterwards, like, they're like, Oh, we're kind of, we're doing like this. We're going to go watch the fireworks over where they've been staying. Like it's at the base of Wyndham mountain was where some of those guys were staying. And like the whole crew came like the, the crew, like the PAs all the way up to the, the producer and director and stuff like that. And it was, I love TV industry people and, and definitely, and especially the people that work behind the scenes like the grips and the carpenters and all that kind of stuff and the set builders all of those guys
1: well you know why it's because they learn they have to learn how to it's it's not only do they have to learn how to do their job yeah, but they have to learn how to work together well mm-hmm. be my buddy Nico who I'm going to have on I think for my for the uh, I'm taking a little week off and he's going to come in and, and we're going to do something He has learned how to be friends with the crew of these movie sets. And he says how important it is because they all talk to each other. He sent me this message. He was supposed to be on uh, John Wick 4... And then, the, the, and then, Keanu Reeves says he sends me a text. Keanu Reeves says talks to the hair and makeup lady, and she says, "Where he says, Where's Nico?'" And they said, "Well, they, 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 uh, the Lionsgate cut all these people, and they cut Nico." And 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 Keanu Reeves is like, "Fuck! I wanted Nico here." Yeah. And it was like these that all these cr- different crews, these different like behind the scenes people, they all know each other, yeah. they all like to work together, and they usually know how to behave together in a very positive manner because they know that. The gravy train is good, but everyone's got to be happy to be there.
0: Yeah, this, this, their show had just wrapped. They had had the rap party, I think, the night before, two nights before. And like watching them all just hug each other and say goodbye. And like, they, they half those people had met, you know, on this show 75 days ago or whatever it was. And they were just all, you know, they were all about it. They, they loved each other. They were like crying and hugging and kissing oh each other goodbye. And you know. I couldn't
1: do that. Yeah. I couldn't it's, do it's, that. it's
0: very special. There's, there's, there's something a, about it. I don't know? need special.
1: It's, a, it's all, it's all like fake camp shit you know it's like you know what i'm talking about yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. you know you're never gonna see each other again and it's like you well, know, nowadays should exchange a, numbers and yeah it's some bullshit yeah but now i we got, the, but
0: now we got the internet now they're gonna now now and yeah. now in five years it's gonna be like who is this person i'm friends with on facebook
1: <laughs> dude all these movie people they all have they create these extravagant bonds and then they never see each other again yeah it's nah, hilarious there's, there's
0: something beautiful about that though
1: I don't think there is. I think, I think it's is. just like, it reminds me too much of like the sobbing days of summer camp where it's just like, I'm going to miss you. Let's write. And then that's yeah, there's, rom- kid... there's
0: There's romanticism in the fleeting, in, in, in the fleeting incidents of life and meeting people and having it go like, you know, immediately turn around and, and, and you never see them again. I think yeah. that's my, you know, I'm into, I'm into that kind of stuff though. You know, melting ice creams and you know,
1: you're sentimental.
0: Yeah, please. I'm sentimental. There's, there's something, there's something for me in, in the nature of things that end and decay and, and you know, fall apart i
1: I wonder but i i made i used to make a joke saying that nostalgia was for the weak. i really believe it because it got to the point where my mother used to say don't you remember the old days when we had christmas together and i remember when you were little yeah and there's this longing to the point where it's like all of a sudden i'm just like well it's pretty good life is pretty good right now Why are you being nostalgic? And then it's and all of a sudden, just like, are you? Is it? Does it not get better than the way it was? I mean, are we not looking forward to the future? And then I was like, oh fuck, nostalgia! Nostalgia is totally for the weak. It's for people who, it's for people who are not looking forward to the future. It's a very, very pessimistic attitude. I think.
0: No, it's it's it makes sense, but there's there's a different type of nostalgia too. There's yearning for the past for some reason because you think things are better and being dissatisfied with how they are. That's one thing. And then there's also the way I like to look at it is like yeah no stuff sucked back then too but like we we didn't you know like the the ice creams were shitty and they melted and they got it from this weird truck that didn't that you know and it's it's like looking at it and realizing that it wasn't perfect and it wasn't great but like you know it, it just was what it was you know yeah. it, it, this was the thing like this is these these were the things that we had and that's it i don't i don't it's not like wanting to go back to it 'Cause like God no, like I don't remember what I did all day before the internet. I'm sure it wasn't that interesting. Not like anything I do now is like the most interesting (laughs) thing. But like
1: you're pretty interesting. You you I feel I feel like you're you you set your living room up like a little workshop so you can watch T V at night while you're working on your guitars and stuff.
0: Yeah, that was that was part of that. And also because having kids I couldn't be all the way down the basement. My fear when I have the kids is like, somehow I like open up an artery on one of my, one of my tools. And then I'm just like, you know, I just bleed out in the basement while my kids are sleeping upstairs, you know?
1: Dude, that is, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, I told a story when I had Mark Peacock on. My parents got in divorced and I was with my dad and he was at a, he was working in his shop and he touched the jointer Oof. and he screamed out and I, it was just me and him in this rural house and he there was blood everywhere. And he had me, I was like 10, he had me run across the street to get the neighbor who was a nurse, and I was—I had to cross the street, and I was scared. Mm-hmm. And my father was bleeding, and I was just like, "Fuck that!"
0: It's like, yeah, that's—that's that's not where I—I I don't want to be like waking my kids yeah. up at at one in the morning and being like, "Daddy's dying."
1: <laughs> I mean, and I hate to—I would hate to—I mean, I would hate to speak ill of the dead but i think my dad was a bit of a pussy i think i would have i think i would have like a little bit of a little bit of paper towel and electric tape will be fine don't worry yeah relax. i mean i would have, don't need to wake up kids
0: yeah yeah i mean it depends on what it is obviously but still even yeah. even even taking the tip of your finger off while your kids are sleeping then you got a choice to make you know yeah. it's like okay do i wake them up put them in the car and go to the hospital or do i just not have the top of this finger anymore because i have to just wrap it up and
1: that's it right 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 so what's next for you? What I I I feel I feel that the rugs are a true like this is a long this is going to be a long rest stop for you.
0: I think so. I'll be doing it for a while because I have a lot to explore, and it's not just not just making them right now. I'm making the rugs as rugs, but tufting is 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 a uh, it's a it's a methodology. You know, it's not just the rugs aren't the only end game you can get with this with this thing. So I want to figure right. out what I can do with it. I have. Um, Plans going on right now with a friend of mine for um for a uh, a joint build that we're that we're talking about, which is going to be really fun. That I do the rug part and he does the other part, um, and yeah, stuff like that. Like I don't know, maybe there's furniture or clothing I can get into with, with tufting or I don't know sculpture.
1: Yeah, sculpture, all and sorts, like of, all sorts 3D, of crazy stuff. Three D, three uh, D, giant bleeding, you know, one eyed Sponge bobs. Yeah. You Man, know? that'd be crazy. Oh my god! Like almost like rug piñatas
0: imagine trying to clean one of those off oh.
1: listen i i love it i love everything you do and and i'm uh you know i'm looking forward to at least seeing you at maker camp this coming year uh we'll be up there uh and everything you do is great and it's fun and and i i really feel like you put the fun and humanity into making and sculpture and art and as you and uh you know your paintings and your drawings and everything there's like uh there's an exuberance in it that's very uh it's very catchy. Thank it's you. It's not catchy. Catchy is the wrong word. No, catchy, um, catchy works.
0: I think it's, it's,
1: nope. okay. Yeah. No, catchy is in like, as it's inspiring. It's, yeah. It, you, yeah, yeah. It's hard to, you when you see the stuff that you do, it's hard not to smile.
0: Good. Uh, thank you. That, that means a lot because that's, that's a lot of what I'm going for, especially these days, especially that was the thing with the rugs too, was I'm just trying to like, you know, after, after being faced with like the, the possibility of your world ending, it's kind of like, okay, now what do I do? You know, what's the, what's the next step? it's like, maybe I can just bring people back a little bit from everything that we're bombarded with every day, you know?
1: And, you know, if you ever wanted to do a YouTube video where you have someone just kind of, you know, almost like a drunk comedy, you know, like, (laughs) what are you doing now? If you wanted me to say, what is he... Keith, what is going on over there? It looks like it, I could I could do it. Could be a completely different type of voiceover. Yeah, you could, could to do my like,
0: voiceovers from now on. I won't even tell I'll you. Do your vo- you. I won't even tell what you. What, I won't even tell you what the video is from now on. You send, <laughs> you send me, me you send, me a, send
1: me a video. I'll record myself watching it, and then I'll just like I don't know what's going on here. It looks like he's doing this, and it'll be it'll be like a different style of YouTube YouTube video where with like this. Comedic comedy I will do one for that if you wanted to it'd be funny do one Just edit something together I'll press record I'll edit it I'll do it and then you know you could stop it and say all right this is where Jeff's off the off the you know, <laughs> I'll do a that. reaction
0: video to you narrating my yeah video.
1: let's do it <laughs> whatever keep you sta- want just keep
0: stacking it up like that I love it I love that's it that's great I love it I'm into it
1: Keith decent's the man the pride of Beacon New York go to Keith Deason on Instagram is Decent your real last name? It
0: is not my real last name. It's a it's a leftover nickname from high school that just sounds better than McDonald's, which is my last name.
1: So. Oh, McDonald's pretty good, too. But Decent's, it's okay, Decent's yeah. good. Sometimes you have an umlaut and you have like a accent Oh, that's because yes,
0: e. Facebook won't let me use a, a word as my last name unless I like forge some identification and send it to them or something.
1: Oh, yeah. So do you have to, is it, is it like a pain in the ass for your real name to not be Decent?
0: Um. Yeah. You know. No. Not really. Because I. I. I mean, for business purposes, no. Because I do a DBA, and it's easy enough. So, like, yeah. you know, as, lo- the, as long as the checks clear, I, I don't really care what people call me.
1: Keith Decent, As long as the checks clear, he don't give a shit. Call him whatever you want. <laughs> as long as the checks clear. Yeah. Go to Keith Decent on Instagram. Go subscribe to Keith Deason's uh, YouTube channel. It's called uh, Keith Deason. Yeah. And then listen to his podcast from the ground up and go to his patreon support him he is one of these guys he's working hard for great content and is a lot of fun and he does a great job keith you're the man
0: thank you very much and just the uh, the podcast is ftgupodcast.com you can find the links there that you need to to you know
1: do your thing i'm going to link all the th- videos we talked about in the show notes of this episode and now let's just take care of a couple little things i we said in the we said a little you know a, a half half an hour ago that this this episode took 24 hours to make, and somehow, when I was talking about Wolfgang Puck, the power and beacon went out. Beacon is. Well, I'm, a, I'm, is in Hope,
0: I'm in Hopewell I'm in Junction. Now. I didn't. I didn't know if you knew that. I moved. Oh
1: well, now you screwed me. I know. Up. I, I you wanted you to. Get,
0: I wanted you to get so deep into the pride of Beacon and then just all right, let well, you out now it's the yeah. pride
1: of fu- fucking, fucking Hopewell. We used to call <laughs> when I was growing up. We called it Hopeless Junction. That
0: sounds. It's, right. it's, that's about right.
1: Yeah. All right, so Hopeless Junction foiled us again. In the middle of me talking about Wolfgang Puck and his dopey pizzas, the power went out in Hopeless Junction, and uh, we came back. And, uh, and And the reason why it sounds good is because Craig Lockwood is the man. Thank you, Craig, for once again. I'm sure we roll. I sent you messages, and oh, the power went out in Hopeless Junction. You're gonna have, <laughs> might have to edit this, and I could see the, his his his, his wel- Welsh eyes rolling over. So I appreciate <laughs> it you as always Craig and the last thing I want to say besides the fact that please go uh go get your website from AK interactive backslash AK interactive.com backslash full blast and go get your wax ax wax at ax wax.us use promo code full blast 10 I don't ask for much from you guys I don't ask for much and today I'm asking for something my friend Quentin Middleton Middleton made knives has got a kickstarter He's making a folding chef knife. It's called the ONA. O-N-A. The, the Kickstarter started uh, on the 5th of July, and it's doing great. He's almost halfway through his goal, and it hasn't even been a week. And he's, it's great. He is... He's been on this podcast. If you want to listen to the episode with Quentin Middleton, go ahead and do that. He is... A great guy. He is. Believe it or not, he's a young guy. Believe it or not, he's a, one of the a, you know the new school knife makers who's really done a lot of things. He's the first knife maker to ever get a Kickstarter approved, and he made it happen. He's a great guy, and I want you to support his Kickstarter. Or if you're just saying you know I'm not interested, go just share it on Instagram, share it on social media. Give we got to get him over the hump because. If there is one person who deserves to get this Kickstarter funded, it's it's Quentin. He's just a dynamite guy. So that's that. And then um, that's it. So, you know, the funny thing is about having you on, uh, Keith, is, you know, we talked about the, you know, imperfect, imperfect, and, you know, humanity and allowing things to be the things they are. And, you know, things always can't be perfect. Next week's guest is Mr. Perfect. Huh, wow. I have uh, Aaron Goff. I don't know if you know who Aaron Goff is. I do not. but uh... He he. Aaron Goff has got a web. He's got. Um, he makes the this knife. It's called the Resolute Mark III or Mark IV. I'm not 100 sure. I have one of them. He his YouTube videos he made seven years ago, eight years ago on on knife making, are the easiest to understand and the most comprehensive YouTube videos to how to make a knife that you can do with minimal tools. He does everything with CNCs now. He everything is like automated, but at the same time, he puts all the energy in. And if it's off by like a micron, he you know he gets the you know he loses his mind. He's Mister Perfect. He's 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 got a, a podcast called XYZ Podcast on the Bakery Channel. Uh, he does CNC stuff. He's gonna be on next week, and we're going to completely. Sh- flip the script it's not going to be artistic at all it's going to be it's going to be technical <laughs> as fuck and we're going to have a great time so thanks again to keith for coming back i appreciate it technical difficulties aside this was a lot of fun you're going to definitely come back and uh we'll see you next week with um, uh, Aaron uh goff all right bye guys
0: bye the full blast podcast is proudly sponsored by axe wax an all-natural food safe wax for coating your handles It can be used on your axes, your knives, or even on your boots, with the full confidence that Axe Wax is safe and durable. Furthermore, if you use the promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get a special 10% discount on your order. So go to axewax.us and get yourself some of the most luxurious wax for waxing your axe.